Welcome to the Foul Original Podcast, where we take a foul look at professional wrestling. This is episode number three of the Hot Take Roundtable, WWE Royal Rumble 2019 Bumper Edition. Recorded on the 28th of January 2019, we're joined by Chad from the View from the Top Rope podcast, 8-Bit Ray from the Gorilla Brain podcast, and a cameo appearance from Omega Luke from the Omega Luke podcast. Big thanks for their input, and make sure you check all of their content out too. Go to fileoriginal.com for File Original Business. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Hot Take Roundtable, episode number three. Um, <laughs> it's been a really funny Royal Rumble. Um, I've got on the line right now, I'm going to bring them in. I've got on the line right now, we have Chad from the um, View from the Top Rope podcast. Do you want to say hello there, Chad? Quite wacky, and I'm excited to talk about it. Um, we've also, thank you very much for joining us. Um, we've also got right now on the line 8 Bit Ray from the Gorilla Brain podcast. Um, you want to say hey to the folks out there? Hello, folks in internet land, and I'm just here to talk about Becky's nip slip that was edited. Oh, yes, yes, we, yes, we're going to be talking about that. Um, we're also waiting for Danny to come in from the Danny and Mike uh, YouTube channel. They're still doing their live stream, so they'll pop in at some point. And at some point, we will be joined by Omega Luke Wrestling Podcast. But if not, doesn't matter. We're going to start because it was a hell of a long show. Um, and I've got my notes here. Um, it was really funny. Like, from the beginning of the show onwards. Um, so, just just in the pre-chat, we were just saying, um, Chad was saying that he doesn't really tend to watch the pre-shows. So, you watch the pre-show now, I guess, for the Rumble, one of the longer two-hour ones. Um, what did you make of it, like, generally? It's the worst thing ever. Honestly, watching the pre-show is like watching paint dry. They just keep repeating the same point over and over and if I hear nine ninety nine one more time, or that you get a free like three pay per views in a row, I'm gonna slap someone. So it was horrible. I'm I'm going to go back to not watching it again after this. But I watched it tonight because it's the Royal Rumble. Exactly, and it being the Rumble, it was a much longer pre-show than it was yesterday um, at NXT, and. They, they started talking about bits of NXT and stuff. Like, I'm, I'm really normally a big fan of the pre-show because stupid stuff happens on the pre-show. Now, um, I, I, I wanted to talk... Exactly. And Booker T is always amazing on the pre-show. Um, I wanted to pass it to you, uh, Ray. So, like, obviously, you're, you're watching the pre-show. Um, you're seeing the stuff happening there. And, like, in your opinion, do you tend to watch the pre-show? Do you want to watch it? Um it's not a oh how do i put it i want to watch it but i don't want to watch it at the exact same time like i want to be i want to get in the mood i want to get warmed up you know it's kind of like why we watch dark matches before the you know the raw or the smackdown but at the same time i'm bored to death so okay so i'm gonna start off with the pre-show so the pre-show the kickoff show today we had two matches announced for the kickoff show two matches were shinsuke nakamura versus rusev for the united states championship and it was also a four-way cruiserweight match um four-way fatal four-way between um uh buddy murphy uh, uh kira tozawa Elisto and Hideo Itami. So those are two matches I'm quite excited for. Then out of nowhere, we had a match just thrown together, which was <laughs> half of the revival 
and half of the authors of pain um in a match against the raw tag team champions for nothing so um like looking at that happening like we've we've kind of talked before in this generally on shows about how tag team wrestling is like disrespected um why do you think that match happened um i'm gonna go to chad first why, why do you think that match even happened why was it even happening I have no good explanation for this. This is actually when I turned into the pre-show. I, I was trying to avoid it, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch the pre-show because I'm coming on with all of you very smart people tonight. I didn't want to sound stupid. So I turned on the pre-show, and I thought I had just forgotten something. I was like, did I not watch Raw this week? Did I not hear about this match? Is is something happening? Is somebody dead? Like, Is there a reason? I can't give you a good explanation for why this match Tag happened. This wrestling is dead. It, and a Raw is the worst example of it. I mean, tag team wrestling on Raw is dead. It's dead in the water. I, I forget who the Raw tag team champions are every single time before I see that Chad Gable and Bobby Roode come out. Like, I honestly forget every single time. And, I mean, the last time I really thought see, about I, it is when Drake Maverick pissed his pants. <laughs> I was going to actually, I was going to pick up on a point that Ray just made there. Very, very, very interesting point. And we're going to do this in a much more long-form format at some point. This specific point that you just made, Ray. Tag team wrestling, is it... So the two tag team matches, without going too far into the finish of that match and stuff, the two tag team matches tonight were Shane O'Mac and The Miz versus The Bar for the SmackDown tag titles. And for the Raw tag, there was nothing, so this match appeared out of nowhere. Um, say, Looking at those two matches, Ray... Are you, would you say that tag team wrestling was was dead on this show? It was misrepresented. Very much so. I mean, you got half the revival and half the authors of pain. What were the other halves doing? They're not injured. I mean, they're good. W- what was going on here? I, I just don't understand. I think it was just a way to get the raw, just to remind the fans, hey, there's there is a raw tag team champion. You know, I honestly, I think Vince McMahon just did it just for shit and uh, craps and giggles. Honestly. It's a joke to him because see, he doesn't want to. I've heard you, that he doesn't want to pay more than one wrestler at a time. You know, one match, one wrestler, each person gets paid. But in a tag team, you got to pay four people. He doesn't like that. So he hates tag team wrestling and he takes it out on the fans, apparently because of the pre show, as we can see. Does that something I'm going to say? Like, I, 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 we're going to move into the matches that happened on the pre-show, um, but particular the particular thing that I was like, this is really weird, is you have someone like Rusev who's kind of fought for his place, and he's like, I'm going to leave if things don't improve, and so he's given the US title on SmackDown, and you think, all right, okay, he's been given the title on SmackDown, and now maybe this is going to be his year. This is the year of Rusev. And then tonight, he's defending that United States Championship on the pre-show. Like, do you feel like being on the pre-show devalues your worth straight away? Because, like, and I'm going to take that to Chad first. Do you think that being on the pre-show, a match being on the pre-show, because you don't even watch it, do you even care what the result is? And see, that's where it comes down to because, yeah, I don't watch the pre-show, but if a certain match is, like, they tell me it's going to be on the pre-show, I will search out that match. I'll make sure that I see it. Like, tonight, for example, we're not going to talk about it in a minute, but this Cruiserweight Championship match that was on the pre-show, I would have watched that regardless. And even maybe the U.S. title match, but 
that one is on the boundary. So it is, it is kind of saying, you know what, you're not really worth our time, so we're throwing you on the pre-show. But at the same time, the pre-show is free. So maybe they're saying these are good matches by the network and you don't you can see more matches like this. So I can see I both they, sides. I think if they no, put no, more no, matches no, like no. that on the pre-show, I think more people would unsubscribe from the network. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, we're going to talk about half time. We're going to talk about half time heat later on um, in this because uh, obviously that was announced. Um, and, I'm excited. Yeah, we exactly. Yeah, I'm very excited for this. Uh, I feel like a night. I feel like it's 1999. Like because I never got. We never got a chance to get that over here in the UK live. We watched it like way after because the Super Bowl wasn't really mm-hmm. a thing. We didn't have M- that MTV connection. But anyway, anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. So we're going to start with that first match. So the first match that happened of the evening. Oh, I've got this actually, but we'll go back later on. There's some weird segments and stuff that happened, which we're going to talk about in moments of flair. Um, and just your very very quick opinion because we'll do this long form. This whole Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville thing that started at the beginning, did that feel overtly sexual to everyone? Like, at the beginning of the pre-show, they kind of spoke to camera about how they were going to win the Rumble. Um, didn't feel like they were talking about the Rumble. Um, I don't know if you guys saw it. I did not actually um, see this well, well, I mean, I know Sonya is a lesbian in real life, so maybe it was sexualized. I don't know. Mandy's a good-looking broad. I don't know. Maybe it was. Jeez. We'll, we'll we'll talk about that a long form a bit later because it was we had some really interesting like chat messages and I thought we'd kind of bring it back later. But anyway, first match was Rezar of the Authors of Pain and Scott Dawson of the Revival. Funnily enough, wearing the hashtag FTR jacket when he came in, which I thought was hilarious, um, and um, against Glorious Gable, I guess I call them. Um, and all I've got is yeah. Uh, in my notes, I don't know what you guys have got. Actually, I thought yeah. You know, it's well, I mean, it took, work, it took the bar. Uh, it took bar forever to get a tag team name. I mean, so you know, why yeah. not? It, it'll take time for them to develop yeah. a nickname. I mean, and by the, the time that they do, the then they'll be broken up, and it won't matter. I said, by the time that they do get that name as well, they'll be broken up, and it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, but. That's the weird thing. Uh, somebody else. Yeah, exactly, exactly. On different shows. Um, so I've got like, so I saw a few botches during this match. I don't know if you guys, uh, what I did notice of the evening was there seemed to be a lot of um, what I would call like sloppy wrestling. There was a lot of sloppy wrestling tonight. And in mm. that match in particular, there was a, there was a botch when uh, Gable went over Dawson and it was this sunset flip. And I was lo- I was trying to figure out what was happening and there was this sunset flip and he kind of missed it. And then he kind of scooted back a bit to take a super kick from, I think it was Chad Gable. I'm sorry, from Bobby Roode. It was really weird. Like, there was this really weird feeling in the whole match. Now, they so, like, just quickly with the, the root and the result, um, the tag team champions retained. They didn't even, it wasn't even a title match. But, um... What I was going to say was, uh, in this particular match, like, obviously, why were they... Do, do you think that we needed to see this match? Not why was it there, but starting with you, Ray, do you think we needed to see this match at all? Oh, and No, absolutely it, not. If anything, if anything, it detrimented each team. It made them look weak. 100% and, agree with you on that, Ray. With, this with was a that. terrible match. With that, I wanted to say to Ray to follow on with that. 
Do you think mm. that this is punishment? Do you think this is a punishment, or do you think that this was a reward given to the revival, or was this a know your place kind of situation? Because you know they they're there on the card. He, one of the revival is there on the card. Where is Dash? And why wasn't he there? Is it like we can break you up if we really want to? Like, do you feel like it was a showing of force by Vince? No, I. What I think it was, it just felt like it was just thrown together at the very last minute. Like we don't have a match for Rude and Gable, so let's just throw something together. Well, let's just throw these two together. Hell, you know, we can't put both teams out there. Or I mean, they could have, but they're like, all right, let's make it interesting. Let's split up the teams and throw them out there and see what happens. That's all I got. It just felt just thrown together last minute. Like, let's cram as much into this crappy pre-show as we possibly can and just see what happens. They're just trying to throw crap against the wall and see what sticks. That's what it feels like to me. And that's probably why it was so sloppy. Okay. Yeah, so I was going to... So with all of that, I'm just going to get your general um, thoughts of the match. So, Chad, anything that jumped out of you on that match and what did you roughly think of it all, like... Out of what? What would you, what would you generally rate it? So my first uh, thought on, match, on its own. Yeah, for the my first thought on the match is I actually thought it was a like triple threat for the Raw Tag Team Championships. I got excited, so I was like, "Oh, this is a great add-on." Uh, but for actually watching the match, it was really hard to watch. For an overall rating, maybe two out of five stars, and maybe one. You're being generous. Exactly. Like one is so probably generous. a better answer. You got you gotta let go so of your fanboy. <laughs> you gotta let go of your fanboy for the revival and AOP and just see, call I, it. See, I was also playing games on my phone while I was watching this match, so I really wasn't paying that much attention while watching this match. So that's probably why I gave it one star because I was like, Oh, I'm having fun on my phone. Oh, this must have been a decent match. So I'm gonna give it one star. Okay, and, and same to you then, Ray. What do you get it out of? I guess let, let's go for five stars then. What would you get it out of five stars? Half a star. <laughs> half a star just because it had half the revival. There you go. It did nothing for me. Nice. I felt nothing. It just felt like crap against the wall, basically. Beautiful. Beautiful. I couldn't have said it better. I could have, but I wouldn't. Because that was perfect. So let's go to um, next up on the pre-show. So we like we on the kickoff there was talk about, and I might as well bring it up now. There was talk about what happened yesterday at NXT Takeover, um, and after the event, we had a bit of a kind of brawl situation. The match that's been doing the loops recently, which is Adam Cole, Ricochet, and Velveteen Dream, I believe, versus Adam Cole. So versus Tommaso Ciampa and Tommaso Ciampa and Ricochet. Ricochet's in this. So it's a six man. You forgot uh, Alistair Black. Match, you forgot Alistair, Alistair Black. Black. There we go. That's who's on a good Black. team. Yep, on the face. Team. He's on the faces side, isn't he? Yep. And so this match is this match is going to be happening at halftime heat, which. I mean, what I want to do is both of you are men of the world. I would like to. I would like one of you to explain roughly, and I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it to Chad. Give me a little taste of what halftime heat was. What what was it? Oh man, halftime heat when I was growing up during the Super Bowl was the greatest thing ever because I never cared about the music time at Super Bowl. I was always a wrestling fan, but I've also always loved football. So I loved the Super Bowl and. 
Mankind versus The Rock in an empty arena match is still one of my favorite memories of all time. I've watched that match at least 15 times, and it's not a good match. I won't tell anyone it really is, but in my nostalgic brain, I can just watch him happy every single time. And when he pins him with that forklift, I mean, just so many great things. There's so many great <laughs> that, like memories. That camera angle is legendary. Exactly. It, it's so <laughs> awesome. Like, I can't even put into words. Like, really, it just makes my heart smile every single time I think about it. So I'm so happy it's coming back. And I'm a huge so, Patriots fan. So, so you're smiling, thinking about mankind getting crushed by a forklift? Yeah, exactly. I'm a sick man. I'm a very sick man. You were an e you were an ECW fan, weren't you? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I can tell. I can tell. Um, do you? So do you think? Yeah. So so for those of you for this particular one, will be at the halftime show. It's happening on the network and it's happening on YouTube and Facebook Watch and all that. Do you think it will have the same impact? Not punning. I'm not attempting, but do you think? Yeah, yeah. Is it? I'm not going to attempt that pun. Damn, it's not the anthem for tonight. Now, it, would do you think that that would have the same impact as it did previously? And do you think that people will wisely go and see Maroon Five instead of seeing this six man? Is Adam Cole getting pinned by a forklift? I mean, I hope so. Hmm then it would have the same impact if it did. Yeah. And, like, also, the the, the, the little tail onto that, I was going to say, and I'll start with you, Ray's. Do you yeah. think that NXT is the best, like, the best product that they can put out there to kind of... Do you think that it's interesting that this is NXT and not a WWE-based show, that it's the brand they've gone for NXT instead? Uh, if they want to attract new fans to a nice, exciting product and not the same old stale garbage that they've been putting out for years, yes, I do. If they want to attract this new era, quotation fingers here, uh, the new era, they're going to have to use younger talent. They can't use Big Show and Kane and Goldberg. It's not going to work unless you're going for a nostalgia feel. So bring in the younger guys, bring in the new audience. That's how I feel. I'm 100 behind that. Like well. we, yeah. Like I, what, what I what I wanted to say was yeah, because I think that's I think that's what we all know. Like if this was a WWE, no one would care. But it's it's not the why this feel quite interesting, and it's not like the mixed match challenge. Like this isn't this is something independent. This is something like almost underground kind of you know the mainstream wrestling audience is not going to necessarily know that this is something that's randomly happening, but. I really appreciate it, and I love the fact that this time round I'll get to watch it live. I won't have to just watch it on random ASF files I downloaded when I was a kid. So um, now, uh, next up we had uh, <laughs> just laughing at things I've written. Uh, next up we had um, the United States Championship kickoff, um, and we had Rusev as champion versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, now. I'm going to start with Chad. What did you think of this match? Like, without talking about the finish just yet, what what did you think of the match? I mean, they tried. Like, it was a good hard-hitting affair for, like, a hot second here. Without going into the finish, 
the match was solid. Like, it was a good pre-show match, I guess. It was nothing that was, you know, going to blow anyone's mind. But it's something that, you know, it could get you going for some. I mean, Rusev and Shinsuke both kick each other very, very, very hard in this match. So, it was fine, but... Then there's the finish, so but I'm not getting into that. Yet. Oh, oh God. Okay. So again, so again, Ray, without the finish, what did you think of the match? Uh, a rating or just what did I think of it in general? It just generally, in general, like it's just it's just a match. It's on the pre-show, like knowing the two people in it, because I'm like, damn, that's a st-. like. I remember looking at the card and I was like, this is a really stacked card. And then this match in particular, what did you think of the match, knowing the quality of the two wrestlers involved? Well, Nakamura is a plus talent anyway. Rusev, he's he's getting up there. He's kind of finding his stride. He's got a you know a good following going behind him. Nakamura, he's kind of on the decline. Ever since he turned heel, it's been kind of like, eh, it's just a Nakamura match. He's going to do some dirty tactics, which heels are supposed to do, but it's not it's not New Japan Nakamura. You know what I mean? Like that rock star feel, even though they try to make him the artist. God, and I don't know. Uh, but it just seems like his work quality has gone down with his character quality. So, mm, oh, I give it a good two stars. I thought it was decent match enough, minus the finish. Okay, okay, all right. So let's go into the finish then. I'm gonna start with you, Chad. So, on to so me personally. I hated the finish. I hated that. I hated that, and I hated the fact that Rusev won the title on a taped show. That was basically there to appease a very small subset of the fan base that were about to watch All Elite Wrestling. And on his birthday, so... Oh, it was just garbage. But still, yeah, it was stupid. It was like the weirdest little, like, token gesture to give someone. And then you take it away from him on the pre-show... Of a pre- you could have put him in the rumble. I feel like Rusev would have more like would have actually wanted to be in the rumble than be on a pre-show match where, like, I did like the idea of the finish, the whole Lana. At least she grabbed her ankle, and at least they used it in continuity later on in the evening, which I did actually appreciate quite a lot. But with the finish, what did you think? Did Rusev need to lose tonight, Chad? No, Rusev did not need to lose tonight. And my biggest problem with the finish is that she's yelling at Shinsuke that he's cheating. So the ref can clearly see Shinsuke also untying the turnbuckle, which is actually more illegal than Lana standing on the apron. So it made no sense that he wouldn't go to Shinsuke. And it was just so contrived and stupid how the ending happened. The minute that the ref just paid attention to Lana, it's like, oh, clearly Shinsuke is going to hit Lana or move away, Rusev's going to hit Lana, and the match is going to be over. It was so contrived, and Rusev's title reign should have been so much more. Like, and he is so hot right now, and he is such a great babyface. If you watch Up, Up, Down, Down, he is one of the funniest guys on the planet. It's not even close. Like, the man has natural charisma, and I can't believe they just wasted this, what's his third U.S. title reign now? Like, this was just such a waste. Why did they even do it? Um, I'm going to take this to you, Ray. Like, obviously, with the finish in mind, um, do you think that Rusev's going to stick around any longer? Depends on when his contract runs out, honestly. I think he's unhappy. If you looked at what he tweeted after his loss, he put WCW, kind of like what Bret Hart did when he was leaving the company. 
I mean, I, I mean, it's the internet. You really can't read too much into it, but at the same time, you're like, well, I mean, you are kind of getting screwed here, bro. So it might be time to move on and make money elsewhere. You know, pull a Cody. You you have the ability. You can go anywhere. If you want to do a hard-hitting match, you can go to New Japan. You know, if you want to do more technical wrestling, you know, you can go to Ring of Honor. It, there's so many opportunities for him out there, and I don't see the reason for him staying, honestly. Yeah, yeah I, I totally agree. I, I don't know. I only think – I think he stayed for the security and maybe mm-hmm. to see what Lana was going to get happening because at that point when he, I think he was leaving she was getting a bit more like ring time and she was getting a little bit more of like a character of her own but you could see that it was flavor of the month and she was gone again and he has just kind of like he's kind of almost in this weird limbo all the time where he's super over but it's like no one notices in the booking team or they do notice and they get him out there for just like a quick chant and then get him out it's it's i feel bad for him every time because like you look at someone like i always look at um i can't remember his name now um the uh, juice robinson juice robinson is rusev in my mind like he's in nxt he can't get over in the way that he wants to he goes to new japan he basically makes the core of what his character is out there and then he gets over massively i wouldn't have looked at him when he was in nxt and even thought he'd come close to the match quality that had in, um, in new japan and yeah it's it's really sad sometimes to see that but i guess if you get him paid maybe it doesn't matter it maybe I mean, they do get the total divas to money too, too. it maybe all depends on the person yeah you can look at Kenny. You can look at Kenny Omega, who does it for the art. He's not doing it for the money. Yeah, the money I'm sure is good, but in his mind, he's he's a an artist painting a picture over there. You know, he does he does it by his own way. So, I mean, it all depends on the person. If Rusev is contempt with just getting a paycheck, you know, more power to you. But at the same time, you know, you, if you want to do something for yourself, go do it. Don't stay here and be buried and get stale and then just be forgotten in the audience's eyes. Oh, and it's that, that that's that's my major my major problem with Rusev now is that he has been devalued so much so much that you don't believe that he can be, win the big and when he does you know it's going to be ripped away from him at some point so it's hard to invest in someone like that it's it's a Zack Ryder problem like you can't in the which is really the comparing yeah actually yeah it's it, like but tonight i had this very brief flicker of a second when he was in that final um few people i remember thinking ah maybe maybe oh no no i've why did i think that for that one second like <laughs> you're right though ziggler should be so much uh, ziggler i remember when i first saw ziggler on smackdown i was like he's never gonna go anywhere and then i thought oh actually he is all right i was totally down with him when him and aj and B- uh, biggie were hanging out i was like super ziggler mark and now i'm just like ugh. yeah back then it was great was you know, when he cashed in the briefcase and everything when oh, oh that was yeah. that was great back then oh yeah i was like my god he is so he is so over anyway Dreams of Ziggler that will never to never be again. Um, so next up, we had the um, oh, we had a Nikki Cross promo, um, which I really liked. What did you guys think of the Nikki Cross promo? Uh, starting with uh, starting with Ray, actually. So yeah, what did you think of the Nikki Cross promo? I think that they're really forcing this. It, it feels it doesn't feel like Nikki Cross from NXT. It feels like a whole new Nikki Cross, even crazier, like 
they're telling her to just be even crazier than you were to get over more with the crowd. She's pretty over, so I don't know why they're making her do this. It, it makes me cringe every time she cuts a promo now. Okay, so taking it to chat because obviously as i said you don't you said you don't really watch the pre-show so what has recently started happening in the pre-show over probably like the past year or so is that there is a story in the pre-show like you'll see random bits of things happen that will cause matches later on or you'll see little promos in the back like every now and then so what did you think of this promo like did you think that it was NXT Nikki did you think that this was ridiculous and did it feel out of place I think the they are I think I have to agree with Ray on this I think they're forcing like this is the Nikki Cross like right at the end of their NXT when she knew that Johnny Gargano attacked Aleister Black and she just keeps saying I know or Nikki wants to play like before that part of her storyline in NXT she had a little more character to her yeah she was nuts that's completely true but it seemed like there was more depth to it. Now it just seems like she just wants to cause havoc, which I have no problems with. I love the Joker in Batman. And if she's going to be a female Joker in WWE, then I'll roll with it. But I do have to agree with Ray. That these promos seem a little forced right now with just how far she's pushing it with. Nikki wants to play. Nikki wants to play. Like, it's it's a little far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think... I think that's that's the problem. Like this whole when the second I heard the Nikki knows, Nikki knows, I was like, oh no! Like Vince has probably watched like the last match she had and gone, that's the that's the catchphrase. She knows everything, and I'm like, I could just see it straight I'm gonna away. Sell it, some t-shirts, like, pal. <laughs> exactly. exactly, and that's what it feels well, put like. It, yeah, I know. We'll put it on a t-shirt. We'll put it on a we'll put it on a rag. We'll sell noses. Nikki knows. Like I, I, I just, <laughs> I, I hated it, and I remember just seeing it. And um, Omega Luke is about to join us actually, so we'll jump him in at the next match. Um, it's it's really it's really really weird to see like uh, how Nikki Cross is being coming across. But again, I think it was a much better way to introduce her than her just being in a cage, you know, at the side of the. Oh, that was weird. Anyway, the, the whole NXT thing was weird so far. Um, we have so next up these NXT people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now, nah, <laughs> I'd I surprise me it's the EC3 tonight. Uh, but all right, so next up we had um, the WWE Cruiserweight Championship in a fatal four way. I actually went out to have a cigarette, so I didn't catch the whole match. Uh, but it was Buddy Murphy versus Kalisto versus Akira Tozawa and um, Hideo Itami. Um, I had, as my prediction, um, Buddy Murphy to win this. And um, I got your prediction somewhere, but did this match your predictions for the win of this match? And also, um, does it even matter again, Chad? Let's, let's go. What do you think? I wanted to matter so bad because this match was phenomenal and I also like take my cigarette break. So you screwed up on this one when you took your cigarette break because this match was great. And I, I wish 205 Live could be as popular as it should be. But no, it really didn't matter. But I did pick Buddy Murphy to win because he is phenomenal. And I want him on the main roster right now. But that would probably completely destroy 205 Live. So it's barely surviving as it is. So I guess can't take him away. 
Okay. Um, so um, going to Ray, yeah. Um, what what is your what what is your viewpoint of the cruiserweight division, two hundred five live, and all? Like, do you feel that there's a place for it in the in 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 like a ma- major show like the Rumble? Do you think it should have been on the main show, or was it better off being on the pre-show? I absolutely think that it's a credible title. I, I don't see why it's subjugated to the pre-show every damn pay-per-view. It, it really you. irks me. Yeah. But there's so much talent on 205 Live that they just hold down just to that one specific market, and I don't get it. Yeah, they bumped up Mustafa Ali, and they brung up the Lucha House Party and all that. But there's, you know, you got your Buddy Murphys. You know, you got your Tazawas, who was on Raw for a minute with Titus Worldwide. But <clears throat> they, he didn't really get much ring time. He was just there. He was just a, a showpiece. There's so much talent there. It's just, and then you got Hideo Itami. You know, you go back and you watch his matches as Kenta. Good God, what happened to you? I mean, I, I just, I just mm. don't understand. But 205 Live, if you know what Chad said, if if Buddy Murphy left, I think they would be okay because there's enough talent to kind of hold it together. But they're not going to have that that shining star that they need. I mean, you really think TJP is going to pop up and be Aoki <laughs> again? No. The that, are that great. Was... Oh, yeah. Oh. Don't get me started. See, I, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of the Cruiserweights anyway. Like, not, not in a bad way, but I really love them. I really love the fact that they're doing, like, a, a kind of New Japan style, and they're doing that really, really fast, fast, fast style. But... It, it, it becomes a little bit too much of a blur sometimes and they don't because they only have such a short amount of time to do anyway they um i think that might be omega luke actually is that omega luke hello 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 um, hello can you can you i can hear you can the rest yeah, of you hear luke you guys i can hear luke i can hear him how are we doing boys cool 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 oh we're doing great um, after well that, that <laughs> night of whatever the hell you want to call it Wrestling. <laughs> that ain't wrestling, well, boy. It's wrestling. <laughs> it's a wrestling. This is a real wrestling. Um, I'm gonna um bring in Omega Luke. So this is Omega Luke from the Omega Luke podcast. Um, and do you want to give us a little quick intro for yourself uh, for all the new listeners? Yeah. So um, I'm Omega Luke, like uh, Phil just said. Um, sort of do a bit of fantasy booking sort of do some interviews a little bit of this a little bit of that um really I, I just enjoy talking about wrestling to be honest and and uh enjoy all sorts of different wrestling really um but yeah this was quite good i, I, I quite enjoyed royal rumble tonight you gotta okay. give me the number so i'm gonna <laughs> i don't know if they deliver transatlantic I'll do next day air. It's fine. Just go. Next day, next day, next day. We'll go grand live, grand delivery. DHL are normally quite good. Anyway, um, so uh, we, I'm going to take you. We're going to move on to the next match. So we've just talked about the pre-show, um, and I'm going to start us with the first match of the evening on the main show. So that was for the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship. The lovely, lovely Oscar facing off against Becky Lynch for the SmackDown Women's Championship. <laughs> Championship now, uh, Luke. The as man. you just demand, thank you. Demand versus yes. Sorry, sorry. Demand, um, demand. But uh, Omega, Luke. Um, what did you? So first of all, this match being the first match of the night, um, do you think it was a good match to open the evening with? Oh yeah, definitely. I think um, 
after knowing what we know now uh, with what happened with Becky and the end of the Rumble, obviously, which we'll get to, I think putting this match first on was um, the best idea for it. And I was actually quite happy with the result of it. I originally sort of wanted Ronda to be the cause of Becky Lynch not winning, but I was actually okay with Asuka genuinely just tapping out Becky Lynch. So it keeps Asuka looking strong. Um, and I don't, feel, I don't feel like it actually damaged Becky Lynch because it was, it was genuinely quite a good match. And the, the transitions between different submissions that they were both doing was really good to the point where it was almost like either of these people could win and both of the competitors will be kept strong. So I was actually okay with how it ended. I think it, it lasted as long as it needed to last to, to tell the story. And genuinely, I think it was, it was a good match and it was a good start to the pay-per-view. I was quite happy with it, to be honest. Oh, sorry. Okay, Mo- moving on from that point then. Chad, um, so w- what did you think of this match? Um, and let- let's take the finish into consideration as well. So let's say this match as a whole opening match of the evening um and pretty long match actually for women's match as well um what did you think of it like was it everything that we're all gonna say it was made like we're gonna all love this match so why did you love this match i really i have to agree with luke on this the transitions for their submissions were just things of beauty and for oscar to finish her with the you know uh overhead and actually just locking in that cravat right way that way so there was nothing that Becky could do. I absolutely loved the finish of this match more than anything else. Like, I mean, it was a great hard-hitting affair the entire time. But after the match with Becky sitting on the apron just reflecting on losing to Asuka, it really did make both of them look so strong. It really made Asuka look strong with how much crap Becky talked the entire time leading up to this match and then her actually getting Becky to tap. I mean... It makes the SmackDown Women's Championship look so much stronger with Oscar winning here. And it doesn't hurt Becky at all. Once again, agreeing with Luke. So I love the transitions and just the pure awesomeness of the bridging finish for the cravat. Just ending Becky and then Becky sitting on the ramp or the edge of the ring just going, you know what? I lost here because I wasn't good enough in this situation. I just I thought it was perfect. I'm going to take this to Ray in a second, but for me, I'm a really big Oscar Marquia. I bloody love that woman. Now, the thing that annoyed me about 2018 was that she'd been destroyed. Like, every bit of mystique she had left, every bit of serious, like, she's a dangerous thought, a force to be reckoned with, it's all gone. And started 2019, and I'm like, okay, you know what? Maybe there's a chance for her to be rebuilt in my opinion, if she lost this match tonight, that would have been the end of her again for 2019. And as you, as you say, Chad, like it kept the SmackDown title, SmackDown women's title strong because two women just had a goddamn war over it. And Oscar came out as the winner. Becky isn't hurt by this. And this is what I was going to ask you, Ray is obviously things happened later on in the evening and stuff. But if that all didn't happen in the rumble, do you think Becky would have been hurt by this loss? Sorry, would the man be hurt by this loss? Thank you. No, she wouldn't have been hurt at all. She's so over right now that she could lose to... (laughs) Drake Maverick. Yeah. Oh, don't don't, don't hate on Dana. No, she could lose to Drake Maverick right now, and she was still more over than anything right now. Nothing can really hurt the man at this point. 
true 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 okay okay and i mean it, it's only a quick because obviously we've got, got stuff to talk about with becky later on but um i had a few notes yeah, i had in here so i just want to you're trying to skip on the best part of the match that's what you're trying to do don't worry don't worry i got notes i got notes i'm gonna go through my notes so because <clears throat> i wrote paragraphs uh, i didn't just take notes i took a paragraph oh okay oh okay you know what yeah go on give me give me a little taste then ray i want to i want to hear what you have to say about this damn that nip slip it got blacked out <laughs> oh <laughs> okay okay actually yeah Ooh, i nearly glossed over if this had been may if this had been may young doing a nip slip or the cat this would have been broadcasted i feel cheated Okay, so funny story about the first Royal Rumble that ever aired here in the UK. So when, well, ever aired on free TV, we got Royal Rumble 2000. We got that event on free TV. Um, It was a big deal. Kids loved wrestling. Everybody stayed up the night before. And we got to see something that we will never forget. Two things that we will never forget. Then we saw them again. And then somehow they they cancelled and censored it. I will traumatise from that moment onwards. I could never, ever eat hamburgers correctly. Milk was always an issue. Um, and uh, why did we not see this one? Yeah, I think we all know what I'm talking about. But You're talking about Mae Young, aren't you? Yes, yes. Uh, you know, that was... Why, why did she have to be in that bikini contest? That wasn't her real boobs, though. It was just a it was just a rubber thing they put on her. I mean, it doesn't matter, really, does it? It doesn't matter. Well, I didn't I mean, need to see that. Ever. Still, still killed the deal over in the and they were in the uh, in the UK. You guys didn't get WWE yeah. that uncensored or whatever for a long time. That kind of screwed up your deal. We so, were sorry. <laughs> yeah. We, like there used to be um, a WWE uh, we used to get International Heat and that used to come on like 4 o'clock on a Sunday um, in like a kids block on this Channel 4 and then it literally went to midnight and it was like oh okay why is it going to but it was great like we did still get the pay-per-views but yeah it basically killed it I think it was on a 50 minute delay and then it ended up being on an hour and a half delay and then yeah we just locked the second they went off TV there was a period of time where we couldn't watch the pay-per-views and then yeah that's a whole other thing but yeah thanks to may young and you know do you want to see me oh just literally i've got like i'm, I'm having flashbacks don't want them anyway you're well yeah so tonight <laughs> thank you, you thank, thank you them and for, your thank you for making me play. thank you for the memories that this so this um particular issue though like so becky lynch nip slip yeah like does it even matter but also does it like yeah like, let's talk about it let's just talk about it do you think that tomorrow we're going to get a whole bunch of people going like oh my god this is terrible it's just ruined like does anybody even know about the nip slip like do we all know about this is it i don't really think it's that much know. of a big deal you, you couldn't really see a lot anyway it's it's not like she just had a full boob just whacked right out it was just like the tiniest corner of a nipple. Like, and to be fair, we've seen Braun Strowman's boob out for about half an hour tonight, and there was a lot more revealed yeah. than what we would Becky Lynch. It's just because Becky Lynch is a very, very attractive female that 
people will make a bit of a big deal about it. But in my opinion, like I, me and my mates, we were watching it, like we've seen it, and then like no one made a big deal about it because you couldn't hardly see anything. You'd have to zoom in a lot to see anything blurry anyway. Uh, as as like men who are attracted to Becky Lynch, you're more looking at her backside when she's on the canvas than you would be looking to see if you can see the tiny corner of her nipple. <laughs> I think I think so anyway. This is very true, Luke. This is very true. It's very <laughs> true. Like I mean, I, the thing is, is like it's what the weirdest part of it all is, is that if this was someone like a Mandy Rose, yeah. Everyone would be like, oh, no, she did it on purpose. But because it's Becky Lynch, it's like, yeah, we actually don't really care. We want to see her beat the crap out of someone. Like, yeah. that that doesn't matter to us right now. But with that I'm being said, Ray, you've, you've written paragraphs, my friend. You've written paragraphs. So give me some of your paragraphs, man. I want to, I want to hear about your, um, your Ariola tales. Oh, uh, just basically that I spent about two and a half minutes. Every time there was a submission and they would arch back, I was waiting for the boob to pop out. And it didn't take away from the match. It was still a really good match. But as I'm watching the match, I'm watching a lot more closely because you see her fidgeting with her with her outfit the entire match. And I'm just like, is this going to be the time? Is this going to be the time? It didn't take away from the match. Still an amazing match. But at the same time, I watched it extra, extra closely. Yeah, her boob glue fairly clearly failed tonight. Her boob glue failed. Just it didn't stick. <laughs> yeah. Well, funnily enough, during the Ronda Rousey match later on, I was like, is Ronda Rousey about to pop out? Because she keeps holding her boob in a very specific way. And Oscar as well, there was a lot of potential boob popping out tonight. And um I was not That's impressed. Ronda Rousey's top is like a sock that just goes around her nipples. It's it's really weird to look at. I hate her her attire. And if she digs in her crotch to okay. pull out her shorts one more time. I'm just gonna buy her a pair of pants. And send her <laughs> Even after all, uh, that, okay. the worst thing about her attire is still her fucking eye makeup. <laughs> yeah, what the hell is that? What, what is that? It's what, dreadful. What is... Like after the match, she literally looked hideous. Like, I don't understand what was going yeah. on. Like why she thinks that looks good to come out with. I really don't understand her whole gimmick since she's been in WWE. Like she was loved as the baddest woman on the planet for walking into a, an octagon with a stern look on her face, beating the shit out of someone, walking back out without a smile. Now we've got her coming in with like like eight year olds makeup on, her hair like plaited everywhere coming in with like weird outfits on and then be all smiley smiley to people she beats the crap out of sasha banks who has legitimately been gobbing off to her for the last two weeks and then after the after the match she wants to like shake her hand be all besties of her again it's like no ronda like be a fucking badass be pete dunn that's what we want you to be we want ronda rousey to be a pete dunn we wanted to go in there fuck shit up and then be like yeah that's you know i just did that i'm on the baddest woman on the planet and then leave with her belt like she should have done. So, very, very quickly, we're trying to keep it a Christian family show at the moment. So I wanted to let you <laughs> rant, because I'm going to let you rant. But I gave, <laughs> I gave an intro to everyone else not to swear. So I was just like, I'll just wait. I'll just, you know don't, what? don't worry about it. Got three bad ones right there. Becky nip slip, Luke gets the profanity slip. There you go. Uh, well, we dude, it's fine. It's fine. I, I was like, oh, all right, we're, we're good to go. 
<laughs> no, it's fine. Like I've been, uh, I've been talking. I literally beforehand, I said I've had to stop myself from swearing as much as possible. But that it's fine. It's fine. I'm, uh, it's fine. It's fine. We get a few. It's like a fifteen. It's all right. We're all right. Um, but um, so. I think Luke, Luke, I think uh, Luke used about eight or nine of them so far. So fuck. Ooh, ten. Go. Yeah. Ah, uh, I, I, I will swear at the end of the evening. I will save my swear for the best time. <laughs> now, uh, yeah. So there, 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 everybody gets one. Everybody I'm gets saving one. it for the- now. Like a <laughs> like a big finale. Oh, yeah. like There's a point service. Yeah. 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 I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna have like you know uh, from uh, the wire bunk. I'm just gonna do my bunk. And I'm just gonna. I don't know if you got the reference, but I'm just gonna. It's gonna. It's gonna take some time. But I'm. Uh, what have I got my notes here? I've lost. I've lost where I was. I've lost where I was. Here we go. So of the um, women's match finish, um, we are now into <laughs> the SmackDown Tag Team Championship match. Um, <sighs> here yeah. we go. Here it comes. Go yeah, ahead. Go ahead. Let's, uh, let, let's go to Chad first. Go to Chad first. Go ahead. Yeah, Chad. I think I, th- I think we need to go to Chad first. Chad, I, I feel like we've got another. I feel like we've got another ramp coming on here. So I want you to go for it. Wh- wh- just, 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 just what? Okay, okay. <laughs> Hold on, everyone. Now we have talked about it already that the tag team division is dead on Raw. That is not the case on SmackDown. SmackDown Correct. has a, a lot of great tag teams right now. Okay, and Gosh. with with the no rematch clause. We can now do some really cool things with these two idiots being tag team champions. What I am saying is going to lead from this is a amazing eight team tag team tournament on SmackDown to determine the number one contendership. And then Shane and Miz are gonna implode somehow, whatever. But it's just a feel good story right now. Like why why do we always have to be so negative about everything? Let's look to the positive. Shane and Miz are fun together. It's dumb. It is so dumb. I will not tell you it's not. It's really, really dumb. But it's stupidly fun dumb. Like, it's like watching Anchorman. We all know it's a terrible movie, but we laugh at the same time because it's that dumb whoa, and whoa, that whoa, funny whoa, at the same whoa, time. Whoa, 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 whoa. Come on, man. You I'm just going to cut you off with the Anchorman reference there. No, 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 no. Keep going. But what are you ripping on Anchorman for? Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> I love Anchorman. No, I also love Anchorman. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's yeah. that kind of just yeah. stupid humor that we all enjoy. And that's what I see The Miz and Shane as. That's and what so, we have the New Day for. No, we don't need the, any more. The tag team division is already kicked and bloody on the ground, and you're going to add insult to injury through salt and wound by giving Ms. Mac the damn title. But I, I want to be done with New Day for a while. So we need a new stupid tag team, and I want the New Day to get serious for a little while. It'd be a lot more fun. Tag team wrestling be serious. It used to be. It did. It, and in SmackDown's tag it team seems good, though. So we can reset it with a tournament. Remember when I said that at the beginning? Now we're going to have an eight-team tournament. We're going to get the Good Brothers back in here, Sanity, New Day, The Bar, Usos. You know, we can do some good things. Oh, Sanity is this uh, jobber tag team that they bring in on live shows. (laughs) You don't don't see them. You might see them. Oh, come on. Come on. Now we're just being angry about this. Now we're just being angry. Don't they feature... Don't they just fe- don't they feature a, a former TNA heavyweight champion that hasn't been seen for some time as well? Like, um, I love Eric Young. I absolutely love Eric Young, and I like Sanity seems such a good deal. 
I loved Eric Young you know, through the all through the Don't Fire Eric, the whole Super Eric, all of that stuff. I loved him and I liked the idea of him coming in and being a lead cult leader and yeah, what the hell happened? Yeah, like ah uh, ah. Uh, yeah, so this SmackDown, so this tag team match, these are my notes. These are my notes. And I'm gonna see if you guys agree. Shane gassed quite early. Oh yeah. Like within seconds of that takedown yeah. on Seamus. Shane gassed on like, the way down the ramp. That was like the ultimate warrior times yeah. too. It was amazing. I think everyone gassed on the way down the ramp. The ramp was nearly a mile long. The dude's fifty. Yeah, guys. actually, Come Luke, on. he's fifty I, I, years I went, old. I wait. Uh, I wait. Well, Luke. What? Did, what the hell? What the hell was that ramp? Well, I, I, I don't know. Like, they made it different. Um, which I'm not opposed to. I, I didn't mind it to begin with, but it did get annoying in the end because you almost seen every wrestler when when the, when it was the rumble matches, like every wrestler sort of had to sprint down to the ring before they were overlapped by the next person coming in which was almost mm. annoying. But it was cool for like the Titus O'Neil bit because almost like he had to build up speed and then <laughs> slow himself down to get around the corner and then to build up speed again to, to come to a full stop. And it just sort of like t- didn't sort of work. He almost like botched running again, which was quite funny. And he played yeah, football. Um, I, I, <laughs> yeah, well, he obviously did really well at it because they can see him in the NFL now. But like, I just... What did he do? Okay, what did he actually... Do? Was he like jump? Did he just keep running? Hey, Titus, Titus O'Neil to me yeah, is a really great, like, great story of a guy who, like, you know, it's self-made man. But he's ever so funny, like, all the time. The things that he does, like, I can't imagine. I imagine him as a comedy character in a sitcom that we don't know about. Like, that's what he is. Like, we don't know the sitcom's happening, and it's all this footage. One day will be released. Um, no, I, I've got here um, in the SmackDown tag team. What did you guys think of? Okay, generally, what did you think of the best in the world? Starting with Ray, what did you think of the best in the world? They're not the best in the world. They're Miz Mac. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> I'm not talking about the Miz. I'm talking about the actual official. He has a title, best in the world. Not the best in the world. (laughs) (laughs) But speaking of Shane, so looking at... Because Shane's performance in that match, he did, like, instead of doing the table spot, he did a flying clothesline, which looked awkward. And, And let's just say it, yeah. How many people, after all of that, after all of that, saw him doing a shooting star press for the finish. Um, I'm going to go to Luke first. Do we think he could... Sorry, I'm actually sorry. I'm going to go back to Ray, sorry. Sorry, I'll walk back to you, Luke. Yeah, Ray, so... Because obviously he's not the best in the world. Yeah. He did a shooting star press. Aren't you impressed? Aren't you entertained? No, I'm not entertained. Brock Lesnar could do it too. But I mean... (laughs) It's 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 just Shane doing the same five moves over and over. He's the new John Cena. He's the McMahon Cena hybrid. It's amazing. He does the same spots every match. The dude hasn't had a good match, and he was carried through it. And uh, what King of the Ring '99 with Kurt Angle? That was his last actually good match that I can think of. Other than that, he's just been okay. Does does anybody disagree with that? What about AJ Styles at WrestleMania? Yeah, AJ what about AJ? Yeah. AJ, AJ has to carry. It takes two to tango. No matter what, you have to have two people to tango 
you can have the greatest in-ring performer on one side, and if I put Ryback on the other side, you're not going to have a great match. I mean, it takes two to tango no matter what. So you have to give credit where credit's due. Like, that that opening of WrestleMania was phenomenal. I, like, I expected nothing from that match, and I was so jacked for WrestleMania after it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that, that was a, it's an absolute hidden treasure on that WrestleMania. I expected nothing from that match, and I thought it was a, I thought it was really, really good. Um, so, Luke, I, what I wanted to come back to you with was obviously the finish to this match saw new tag team champions. Um, how badly are the bar hurt by losing to this team, and the whole of the SmackDown tag team tag team scene hurt by this win? Um, I don't think it is really because I think when you think of like we've just been talking about Shane's ability to wrestle yes he's not the best wrestler in the world but he can you know hold his own but the WWE main roster isn't based on incredible matches it's based on storytelling and character work we watch NXT for incredible matches we watch New Japan for incredible matches like Shane McMahon would never work in NXT but we have people like Nia Jax, for instance, people like Braun Strowman, um, who we put up with on the main roster, who cannot have good matches, but they are always put in great spots. So I don't think having Shane McMahon in a, in a spot like this is, is a bad thing. And I quite like the chemistry between uh, Shane McMahon and Miz. I think it's quite funny. It brings a little bit of humor. It breaks up um, the evening, whether you're watching a SmackDown or whether you're watching a pay-per-view like this. And to be honest, I quite like seeing a face Miz again. I don't think we've seen a good face Miz for a long time. And I think they've really made a good situation out of a very bad situation from Crown Jewel. Like, can you remember, I was at yeah. the, the, the SmackDown Live um, in Manchester after Crown Jewel and the the crown the, the best in the world trophy, as soon as it came out, before SmackDown even started, it was booed. Shane McMahon came out, he was booed. Every time they mentioned it, yes. there was louder and louder boos. Now, we're not booing Shane McMahon. We're, we're okay with him being the best in the world. It's funny. It, they've almost like taken the mick out of it to the point where we know it's so on the nose that we're accepting it and and that's that's fine. So I feel I, I did anticipate that Miz and Shane would win. Um I'm glad they won as well. Like I said, I think it's a nice nice change. And I don't really think it damages Seamus and Cesaro because Seamus and Cesaro, they they almost they almost have like their also funny side as well with the whole bar thing. You know, they come down arm in arm like a bunch of weirdos because no one really does that. But like they are two incredible wrestlers if this was nxt yeah we'd be going oh my god like they've just been buried but this is main roster where things like this we slide and forget about and in in three months time if we're or two months time if the bar are in the the um tag team match at wrestlemania no one's going to think any less of them because they lost to miz and shane mcmahon in my opinion luke this is what i was going to follow on this is what I was going to follow on with, and I wanted to take this to Chad first, actually, is do you think with this win that they are going to hold those titles till WrestleMania? Oh, yeah, 100%. They're holding these titles to WrestleMania. This this is going to be a long-form just story. This is going to be back to, like, the Festival of Friendship stuff where we just get have 
fun little segments between Shane McMahon and Miz each and every week just to break up the monotony of SmackDown. And some people won't like it, Ray, but, you know, we'll just enjoy it. It'll be fun. It'll be fun stupidity. It won't be great TV, but it'll be just a nice little break and we'll all laugh and we'll have a good little time until WrestleMania. Okay, well, we'll leave it on that because we're going to move along to the next one, the next match, which was for the Raw Women's Championship, Ronda Rousey versus... Shea, uh, versus Sa- I was going to say Shayna Baszler then. Versus Sasha... That would have been a pretty good match, actually. Uh, Ronda Rousey versus Sasha Banks. Um, and uh, so what I noticed, and this was a the theme that I saw the first... and this this So this took us to two hours 40 of the show. Uh, one hour 40 of the show. Um, that's when this match started. The first one hour and 40 minutes of this show for me, probably inclusive of this match, were the best part of this show. Do you think that the Raw Women's Championship match, Ray, was better than the SmackDown Women's Championship? Were they on par? Um, Was that... What do you think? No. It was not even close to being on par. Uh, what it was was just it just seemed like botch after botch after botch it was just sloppy wrestling like they came up with it last second it it just it the match did nothing for me i felt nothing yeah they've been talking crap for weeks and weeks but it just did nothing it didn't have any payoff for me i mean yeah you, you had sasha kind of at the end of the match just kind of teasing that she was she might go back and and you know beat her down or she's going to go in the back and cry i i didn't know you know what she's going to do but overall the match was just like i said botch after botch after botch i mean i counted at least six Okay, because I wanted to counter with, I, I've i said this before, and I don't know which of you two will agree with me, or which of three of you. Ronda Rousey is my most improved wrestler from 2018 to 2019, um, because you always bring something different to the dance. She always does, like... Tonight, she did some ridiculously amazing float over into like a handstand on the side to come out of a maneuver. There's some stuff that she does. And she shouted something tonight at the crowd. She shouted at the crowd, so you don't think I can wrestle? Well, look at this. And I remember thinking, is that her or is that the character? And we were talking about the character of Ronda Rousey. And I wanted you guys to give me, what is Ronda Rousey's character? Uh, sorry, Ronda Rousey's character. And I'm going to start with Chad. What is Ronda Rousey's character? And does it work in the WWE? Ronda Rousey's character is an amalgamation of what I guess a WWE superstar would think a UFC superstar is, where she's a badass where she could do a lot of things but she's also easily counterable it's it's not like a full ufc superstar like she's not an actual submission specialist or anything like that she's she's just kind of the representation of what a ufc superstar and does it work yeah i enjoy it it's not smart it's not a great character doesn't have a lot of depth but you know it sells t-shirts and she can put on some great, you know, in-ring performances. And I do agree with you that she has improved by leaps and bounds. Like when they said it's only been a year since she debuted in WWE, I was honestly shocked when I thought about it because I've imp- I've enjoyed pretty much everything Ronda's done since she's coming to the WWE. I don't agree. I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take this to you, Luke. I'm gonna, I I know you don't. I know you don't. I'm gonna take this to Luke first. I'm gonna take okay. this to Luke, and I'm gonna say. 
Do you, do you think that Ronda Rousey has improved? Do you think that she, like, did you, were you psyched for this match? Were you hyped for this match? Were you like, oh, she's going up against Sasha Banks? Or did you think, well, we know what the finish of this match is going to be. And it's, 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 it's she's taking a spot away from someone that deserves it. No, because I, I was, I wasn't like, you know, buzzing to see this match as much as, uh, other matches, but I wasn't opposed to seeing it because I'm fed up of seeing Ronda versus Nia Jax, or you know, I wanted to see Ronda versus someone who can actually wrestle like Sasha Banks because I think Sasha Banks is really underrated, and I think we've seen that um, in glimpses today. And I think I I almost jinxed it because the first five minutes of this match I thought was really good. There was good like reversals from Sasha. She like reversed an arm drag into an arm drag, those sort of things. I tweeted out saying, oh, the first five minutes this match has been really good. And then it was like botch after botch. Then I was for, I've properly jinxed yeah. this now. Um, but I, you know, there was glimpses of what could have been a really good match to begin with. I don't like the going on to the Ronda character thing. I don't like the um, talking to the crowd as much. Um, I know it's sports entertainment and it's not MMA, but if we're bringing yeah. Ronda Rousey in, I don't like it when she's set up for an arm bar to go and like look at the crowd and say, you know, I'm going to do an armbar now. Just do the armbar. Like, that's all I want you to do. You don't see Pete Dunne going to the crowd, oh, shall I break his fingers? And, and, and you know, or Marty Scale saying, shall yeah. I break his fingers? You know, I just wanted to do the armbar. She wouldn't have done that in UFC. She wouldn't have given the time to reverse it. So why not make it as realistic as possible if you're going to have someone like Ronda Rousey in the company? Um, I don't like all that sort of thing. Uh, I know she's, like, trying to work on a character development, that side of thing, from it. But I don't think we really need to. I, I prefer it if we just had Ronda Rousey from UFC because that's what got her over in UFC. That's why people know and love her when she arrived and she was a big name and a big deal when she arrived to, to WWE. So I think it could have been a good match. I, was, I wasn't exactly like excited um, to see it as much as other matches, but I wasn't opposed to it. Um, Sasha Banks, I think she, she did put on a good show and uh, it's a shame that the botches did happen, but it could have been a good, a better match. But I'd much rather seen this than a Nia Jax again. Okay, I'm going to take us back to Ray because I know you're itching to talk about this. What, <laughs> what is like so obvious? No, no, and no, and I totally agree with you. Yeah, is that the rumors and speculation is that Ronda Rousey is not going to be sticking around after WrestleMania, and that that's it. She's done. Like this is basically her swan song. And, like, she's going to just kind of have these matches and that's it, she's done, she's gone. Like, with that in mind, is, like, what is it that... Obviously, she botched quite a bit tonight, but how much of that was her being, like, I don't care anymore? Or how much of that was her just being kind of starstruck? Because she said on many an occasion that Sasha Banks was one of the women that she really wanted to work with. Like, like what is it about Ronda that you're not down with like oh, I like Ronda just fine I think Ronda's a hell of a talent uh, but you said that she was the most improved wrestler from 2018 to 2019 correct yes my most improved I would say I don't believe that I think she came in kind of like Kurt Angle just a natural talent yeah and I think yeah, Carmella was the most improved. There you go. There you go. Carmella can now yeah. hang with Asuka, Charlotte, Becky, and not look like, you know, just some jobber asshole. I mean, yeah. Ronda, 
Ronda came in with legitimacy. You know, you knew she would be at least decent. And you know she was going to sell tickets. But what irks me is that she does this. She idolizes Piper so much. She comes to the ring with his jacket, with the kilt, you know, and, you know, because Piper gave her the name Rowdy. Okay, cool. But now you idolize Rowdy Piper so much that you do his mannerisms when he was a face. The whole smiling, happy to be here, ha, 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 you know, it, it just, it irks me. Like, you gotta, you gotta come original, you know what I mean? So, if anything, her in-ring has come by leaps and bounds, sure. But her character development, it's just face Piper. That's all it is. It's just a mirror image, and it just irks the hell out of me. Because while I look at her character-wise, I think I think you're right. There is no like there is, like you know that point when she she didn't like the crowd after the attack from Charlotte Flair and the crowd like the crowd made her cry. She's going up there supposed to be face, and you can see the crowd are like that they're not reacting the way I want them to. Why aren't they? I'm the good guy. I won. I got beaten up. Why are they? I think that there's this. She has this understanding that like. People would just like her based on her abilities and her skill, but mm-hmm. now, like that—that's not enough, is it? And you're right; it she she doesn't she doesn't know how to be a superstar. She knows how to be an amazing talent in the ring. That's a natural ability, and that's something. That's what I was saying. Like, and as everyone has said, that she she took to it. Like that first tag team match, I remember thinking, "Yeah, yeah, we're getting to get Snooky." We didn't get Snooky, and straight away I thought, "Damn, she's in it for the long haul. Like, she really wants to do this, and she has proven that." But I feel like every match she has now, that whole like the improvement thing, she's like, "Well, in this match, I'm gonna do this." And in this match, I'm going to do this so I can tick it off the bucket list before I leave. And then once I've done all these things, I'm gone and I'm done. Um, And I don't think she's going to talk about her time in the WWE as being fun at all after the fact. Even She doesn't even talk about it being fun now. I think afterwards she's going to be like, oh, it's a time in my life I wish I'd never done. So, you know, it's... It's if you were a fan of a sport and you got a chance to go and play that sport professionally and you could, like, you'd do it, wouldn't you? So I don't remember. Very impressive you. snap suplexes, by the way. Oh, oh my God. That triple, that's what I mean, yeah? I, I was watching and I was like, oh, what are you doing? Is that a, you're going for the three amigos? And like the technique was pristine. I remember thinking, yeah. you've never done that and you really wanted to show it off, didn't you? You really wanted to show off that you've just learned how to do this. And that was a fan. Like adapts, that's a fan. Like- different moves each time she adapts like moves which you see other people do but she does it in a different way and it makes it look really impressive and she does that each each mm-hmm. time that's what i like about watching ronda's matches more than anything yeah yeah i i totally totally freaking agree and i was going to give you a quick stat because obviously tonight is the night of statistics as michael cole would always give us so tonight ronda rousey has been champ for 190 plus days I didn't know that. So Jesus. that's something. That's a lot more than I thought it would be. I know. I, I thought you got, that's what I mean. I remember hearing it and thinking, and thinking back that a year ago, she pointed at the WrestleMania sign and she's oh. now in the main event. Think about it. You know, it's only a year ago. That's nothing. Um, it, it was, it just, it like in that year, she has gone from legit. I, if someone said to me is Ronda, like, you know, 
if they watched her, they wouldn't think that she'd only started a year ago within active competition. Um, we've actually got a question here, and I want to from the chat, which I think is probably a good one. How do you all see uh, foresee the four horse women storyline coming together? Um, this, this is, is really Pine, tough. Me. Pineheart. I, it's 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 weird because I'm happy with Shayna down there because I think Shayna's doing a really good job, but I don't think the other two are ready to do anything yet. Like we we haven't really seen them do. We've seen them have one tag match and they looked very green. Um, the girl with the really mm, long arms. Yeah. I don't know which one's which. Like the one with like that looks like Mister Sophie- Tech. Yeah, go on. Yeah, missed, yeah. She, I'm really <laughs> unsure about her. I, I don't know. The, the smaller one, I think she's all right. I think you can cover up what she can't do, um, for instance. But the one with the long arms, you can't hide her because of how she is and the structure of how she is. And I feel she makes things look really awkward. Like, so yesterday um, at TakeOver, she tried, um, like, fake clotheslining where um, Bianca Belair would duck underneath but she did it like so high that Bianca could have just ran underneath anyway um, and it would have made no difference and I think she just needs to work on things like that so I don't feel we are ready for a four versus four because like the, the four horsewomen of wrestling are so good at wrestling it would just be ridiculous and you'd just have Ronda and Baszler at, at right now and it'd be almost like a handicap with just the other two being jobbed out in a way i don't know really and i don't know how you'd set it up with okay let's... still champ i can take that to straight to chad then actually i said yeah let's go go chad set it up for me set it up for me so we have a we have a very easy pay-per-view coming up right now where we could set this up without any situations it's called elimination chamber and we could do a wacky elimination chamber where it's just four on four it'd be kind of a war games if you will but in the main roster sense. So we can have extra chamber set up in this elimination chamber set up. And then we can hide the two, you know, four horsemen of UFC who aren't ready for it with all the talent that is already there with the other six women. So it's actually pretty easy. We could do it real quick, especially if Ronda's leaving, because they're definitely going to want to get this in if Ronda is going to leave after WrestleMania which is the rumors and such that have been told. No one knows if it's true, but if it is true, they want to get it in. So Elimination Chamber, I think that's why Sasha threw it up at the end of the match. I think the Four Horsewomen, I think the Elimination Chamber, they're going to set something up for this, and they're going to do something crazy. And it might be, you know, double champions. The NXT champion calls, or the Raw Women's Champion calls up the NXT champion and goes, we need to beat up these you know, ladies who think they're better than us, but we're the champs, so we're clearly better. Who's the heels and the faces with this, though? Because we have, like, a mixed bag already. Like, Ronda's the face, but then you have three sort of heels on the wrestling side, and then Bailey has a face, and then Beza, Juke, and Jafir are all heels. It's, like, totally mixed bag. But Ronda's already been kind of a dick. You go back to when she interfered with with Asuka winning the championship. I mean, Ronda's quasi a dick about things. 
that's what I was going to say. Ronda Rousey is a heel trying to be a face sometimes because she does heal things all the time. Like her whole mannerism is that of a, you know, when she gets angry, she does her stern face, the one her grandfather taught her. Yeah. When she does that thing, like every time it's a, it's a, that's a heel thing to do. She'll come in and yeah, like the, like getting involved in matches that are none of her business. Like that isn't something that the super duper face, I think they were trying to do that to give her a bit of edge. And then people just look, saw through it straight away. And were like, nah, that's, do but um same question to you then ray how would you see foresee the four horsewomen's uh horsewomen's storyline coming together would you I have think... any wish to see that no i have no words to see that whatsoever like you said the two are green baszler is amazing rousey is great and uh, i just I, I don't see any money i mean i see money in it i see marquee appeal but i think that it's past its time i mean they were talking about it like two years ago you know, when when Rousey uh, flipped Stephanie and Triple H at WrestleMania, they were like, oh, the, the four horsewomen, and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, she got the wrestling and then Baszler came up and then they started talking about it again. This was about what? A year during the Mae Young Classic, the first one? I yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. I, it's, I think it's just past due uh, or, you know, it needs to happen now or it'll never happen because I'm losing interest in it and I'm sure other people are as well. Yeah. I, I I think I think that's it. I I don't see it coming together before Ronda leaves. And, and and as you said, Chad, if it doesn't happen before Ronda leaves, then they've kind of lost their Hulk Hogan. Like they've lost the biggest star on that team that could have that mass appeal to put it in a, a main event ish spot on a show. Um, but yeah, good. Thank you for that question there, Michael. Thanks for getting our brains working here. So then after this match, so after the the women's um, Ronda Rousey uh, Ronda Rousey wins, uh, obviously. Um, but we had the women's Royal Rumble. So I've got all of the entrance numbers because I was sad as hell and sat there and typed them all up during the show. So. Um, I'm going to very quickly go through the numbers um, from 1 to uh, yeah, one to 30. And let's just, first of all, two first two that started up were Lacey Evans with a very long promo about how she's a woman and stuff. And then Natalia um, starting up this match. Um, the match started with Evans really screwing up quite a bit. Um what starting with with Ray, um, I'm going to say, what did you think of those two women being the beginning? So we got Lacey Evans as number one, her first real debut on the main roster, um, and Natalia in as number two. What did you think of that pairing? I think that they had Lacey Evans going around uh, doing house shows uh, for the Raw brand, and and she yeah, and they I were. I mean, this is her first televised. Right, right, but I mean, she was working smaller crowds. You know what I mean? Like, you know, a thousand, fifteen hundred people, maybe two thousand. This is forty two thousand people that you're in front of at Chase Field. That's a hell of a difference. So you're going to have the butterflies. You're going to have the nerves. Yeah, you have a veteran in Natalia, but that can only help you so much. I mean, it's still up to you ultimately in the end. I mean, I thought she did well. I mean, the kip up sucked, but, you know, I mean, I thought she did a pretty good performance in the rubble. But that. That was, and that's what I'm saying. That was the jelly legs, wasn't it? That was the like, oh my god, I'm I'm opening the women's Royal Rumble in like one of my first major matches in front of yes, forty two thousand people. Anybody is going to be kind of not totally there, um, but the, the we, pressure, so, pressure itself. I mean, 
you know, you're at the Royal Rumble, 42,000 people, you're opening. I mean, you've got to do well. It's it's the pressure of it. Um, so, uh, I'm gonna what I'm gonna do. The easiest way to do this, I think, is when I get to every number, I'm just gonna pop to someone else. So, Luke, number three, we had um, Mandy Rose, uh, and what do you think of what did you think of Mandy Rose being number three, coming in and getting involved in? Because we did have like a bit of a traffic jam. There was a lot of people um, in that match. So, Mandy Rose coming in. Um, what did you think of Mandy Rose's performance to start with? Yeah, I think. I've seen what I expected to see from Mandy Rose. And I, I was really shocked, like, earlier on in the week. I always check the odds on, like, Sky Bet. And she was, like, the fourth favourite to win the Rumble. And I was, like, really? Like, she was higher than Nia Jax at one point. <clears throat> so I was a bit surprised at that. Um, I think it's mainly just because WWE had put a bit of a spotlight on her recently with, obviously, the Usos and Naomi. Um, but I think we've seen what we were meant to see from Mandy Rose. Nothing too special. She didn't get really involved much. Obviously, she was involved with Naomi when that happened. Uh, either ended that rivalry or like led on to a little bit more to continue it, uh, whatever. But um, other than that, I'm happy with how she did, really. Uh, that's that's as far as I'll really say. I don't think she really did anything special. I don't think she really did anything bad. Uh, but I'm actually going to take this opportunity to what? love you and leave you guys because it is 6.18 a.m. Uh, 6.18 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I've got to be up um, quite early tomorrow. So thank you very much for, for having me again. It's been a pleasure, guys. And um, That's all right. Thanks for popping in. Speak to you next time. Yep. Yeah, we'll see. We'll speak to you soon. Luke, uh, Mega Luke is also in the UK here, so it is six twenty AM. Um, if you haven't gone yet, do you want to give yourself a little plug? Oh yeah, um, yeah. Subscribe to me on YouTube. I'm really starting to get into my YouTube, just like Val. Um, all podcast platforms I'm on across there. I normally upload on a Sunday and a Thursday. My final of the fantasy booking league um, came out today, which was absolutely incredible. Royally Rumbled, another great podcast, was involved as well as one of my best friends, uh, Mason Adams. They they fancy booked in Drade Cianalmas. Um, that was very cool. So if you ever get a chance in the, a spare hour of fantasy booking that you fancy listening to, um, Omega Luke is the place to be. So yeah, that's that's pretty much everything. So thank you very much. Thank you very much for joining. I know that it's six twenty in the morning for you. It is for me as well, but I ain't got work in the morning. Yeah. Um, have a good day at work, mate. <laughs> but I'm calling. Like it's it's uh hold on let's see it's one twenty in the morning. I got to be up at four o'clock for uh for work. <laughs> Guess uh, who's calling out? Uh, hope this, hope this so much. <laughs> See you later, it's on, a, guys. It's a Monday. See you later. See you later, Luke. Have a good evening. All right. So uh, so yeah, I'm I'm gonna so for the rest of these. I have so what I have is all the numbers of them coming in and like a little little flurry. So I think to kind of because we have got thirty people to go through, this could get end up end up getting quite tedious. So um, what I've got is I'm just gonna I'm just gonna basically give you the rumble and you stop me when you want to say something about it. So um, so I've got um, Natalia stacks up both um, Mandy Rose and Lacey Evans for a double drop kick and then takes her into a double sharpshooter. Um, looked really really good. Um, Liv Morgan then ran in and was thrown straight out by Natalia. That was a um, really great high spot. Had, I mean, she got launched. 
oh yeah like Liv Morgan is a trooper Liv Morgan seems to be the woman like the the government mule of the WWE like she just gets beaten by everybody and like given mini concussions and stuff like she is a trooper like I would I would not take that um we then had uh, Ember Moon, uh, sorry, Mickey James coming at number five, uh, and Ember Moon coming as number six. She, um, Ember Moon did a double crossbody to Natalia and Mickey James, and then just started cleaning house. Um, we then had quite, and I did like this, Billy Kay came out um, uh, of the Iconics, and she stood outside and started screaming and refused to enter the Rumble without Peyton. Um, what did you guys think of that? Think that, that was. Like, it was fun. I thought it was quite funny, like, especially with, like, how they kept the, the women's rumble, I felt, was booked way better. Um, we then had at number eight, Nikki Cross come in. Um, she decided to hit Billy Kay, who was outside, and then start destroying everyone. And that point that everyone was making earlier on about the Nikki Cross not being the NXT, that wasn't really something I feel that an NXT Nikki Cross would have done, necessarily. Um, what no. did you think of uh, going to... Going to Chad first, actually. What did you think of her performance in this Rumble? Very brief second. It was, it was once again, just too chaotic. It, like, Nikki Cross in NXT, like, took out the other guy superstars. Like, when they were feuding with Undisputed Era, she was the one taking out Adam Cole and everything. Her psychosis was much more focused. And in the Rumble, it was just... It was too fast. It didn't seem like she was on target, if you will. Like, it was just chaotic okay um and then we had so moving from that point we had nikki cross come in um and billy uh, sorry peyton royce came in at number nine then and then helped double team nikki cross to eliminate that her nikki cross so nikki cross oh sorry yeah nikki cross eliminated by the iconics um but before that and number 10 in came tamina snooker what, uh, Ray? What do we think of Tamina Snooker? What, why is she still employed? Be, because she's legacy. Because I guess Vince feels that he owes one to Jimmy. I, I got nothing. There, there's mm. no talent in there. What she does is she's a big, she's a big girl that wears a big mean leather jacket. That's it. There's no talent yes. there. Um. Yep. I, I, I yeah. I, I can't. I don't there was during this match and I've got it in my notes like she comes in she does her cleaning house thing like hot tag style and she went to do the snooker you know um, off the top rope nobody popped nobody knows she's not even billed as Tamina snooker she's just I think I think you're absolutely absolutely right um, Ray she's a legacy and she's been kept in employment because Vince feels guilty kind of like Probably because Vince likes the Guerrero situation. Yes. Vince likes Um, the beef. Well, hell, pal, if I can't have beef in the men's division, I'll have it in the women's. Exactly. He likes his cake and he likes his beef. Um, And then, so I've got Mickey, and then I've got Mickey James eliminated by Tamina Snooker. Ah, uh, like I like Mickey James. She's she doesn't look like you know. I was there weren't any like really big nostalgia um, nostalgia returns for the women's rumble. Um, I mentioned this on the show before and saying that 
the men's and the women's rumble were this was the time that Vince wasn't getting any new toys in and he had to play with whatever toys he already had so Mickey James kind of fills two roles she fills a nostalgia role and the active competitor role um she's amazing isn't she Mickey James is still amazing does anybody disagree yeah, with me there? It's hard for a country, Mickey James. I-, I liked it when she was in TNA, and you know, she just looked real redneckish. She was just being herself, mm. not not you know, just Mickey James that she is now, and or she was in WWE. But I, I just like the old TNA Mickey James because she was just being her. She was just being a Richmond, Virginia girl. That's all she was being. Regardless okay. of what Mick okay. James does, um, she's great. Yes, and she still looks like she has. She has not aged. She has not aged. I have aged more than I than she has in the period of time since I saw her on wrestling. Like she, it's something going on there. Her and Nick Aldis have some kind of like fountain of youth situation going on. There's something because he's started taking that because he hasn't aged either. Um, there, there has to be and, something in the English uh, semen that just keeps her young forever. Hmm. Hmm. It's true. It's true. Um, and uh, even if they were firemen as well, seamen, firemen, papermen, rockmen, all those kind of men, it's a family show. Wait, wait, it's actually, that's like PG-13. It doesn't really matter. Um, now, uh, next up, we oh, had... Boris. I know, I know. Look, he lowered the tone, but uh, <laughs> he popped out. <laughs> he drug us through the mud. Uh, I know. Hey man, I came. I came from the darkness. I came from the darkness. Zia, uh, Zia Lee, then coming in at number eleven. Um, Zia Lee, I have seen her. I think she, when she got signed initially, as isn't she the first? Wasn't she the first woman signed from China by Triple H? Yeah, something along those lines. Um, and so, so I don't know a lot about her, and I wanted to know if either of you knew anything more about Zia Lee. She looked impressive. She looked very impressive out there. Um, what did you two think of them? Uh, sorry, think of her. And we'll say, starting with Chad, what, give me a little bit of background on Zia Lee. Like, how long has she been here? What has she done? I, I really, honestly, I will not lie. I don't know a lot about her. All I know is that, yeah, <laughs> she was in the Mae Young Classic. She's one of the first Chinese yeah. superstars. It's really hard to get any kind of content from any China-based wrestling promotion. They, they're on a whole different internet than we are, so it's really hard to try and get any of their stuff. So I honestly don't know much about her. She looked great, though, in the match. Yeah, she looked like she, she could hold her against what, 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 Yeah, I'd like to see her go up against... Um, uh, go up against, like, an Italia. I'd love to see her versus Natalia. Like, I think they both have a lot of fun there. Um, mm-hmm. And... You know the old gods. Some people like it. Also, speaking of which, obviously at this point we're at number eleven. Natalia's been in there from number two the whole way through, and so has Lacey Evans. So um, we then go to um, Sarah Logan coming in as number twelve, um, and Ember Moon does this really really cool spot. Um, you guys must have seen it. Um, she held onto the ropes with her ankles. Um, and kind yeah. of hung upside down like a bat. Um, she's done that before, uh, like some some similar kind of stuff. Um, what are your guys' opinions on Ember Moon? Like, obviously she didn't win the match, but do you think that she should have? Do you think that 
she's kind of had her time uh starting with ray do you think that she 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 came onto the main roster with a lot of bluster she didn't kind of get screwed over but then she's kind of just fallen off the radar a little bit uh yeah i think she kind of went the way of the oscar she came in with a lot of hype with a lot of fan base and then they just kind of buried her and then she just got forgotten and i think she's a very very underrated talent uh i think that she could carry the women's division at one day i'm not i'm not so sure it's today i think she can improve just a little bit more on like character i mean she's got the look she's got the moves but just that the character it, it just says nothing it does nothing for me so it's just an aesthetic mm. piece honestly so, mm, no, I don't think I wanted her to win the Rumble. It would it would have gotten a huge pop from the crowd, yeah. But myself, I I, I don't want to see her win the Rumble. Okay, with with that in mind, then, Chad, do you think that she's do you think that she's ready to hold a title on the main roster? I think that Ember Moon is a. A perfect center, as he said, that she's the new Asuka, if you will, because Triple H likes to bring people in in some ways and let them, you know, start really strong, but then be broken down and then rebuilt. And that's what they've done with Asuka at this point. Ember Moon has no character. She's a warrior princess, something like that, or some kind of character. Her in-ring work is great, but she just doesn't have a character yet. So I think that I wouldn't want her to win the Rumble, but I think the future is so bright for the girl that no she shouldn't have the title now but within the next two to three years yeah she's going to be the centerpiece of raw or smackdown whichever one completely agreed okay ray you were about to jump you're about to jump in there sorry what were you gonna say oh, i'm just gonna say i completely agree with that two to three years i think she's carrying the women's division no doubt about it yeah, no, I, I, I think you guys are totally right about that. Um, I, I kind of, uh, she, she is again one of those people that will be a really good workhorse, and when they ask her to do this, she'll be able to do it. Um, and uh, we then had uh, Nikki Cross Limited by the Iconics. At number 13, we had Charlotte Flair enter, looking amazing. Like that robe, uh, like again, her, her papa told her, taught her well, got her to invest in her attire. My God, that robe looked amazing. Um, she, everybody tried, as she came into the ring, everybody tried to take her out. Um, do you think that Charlotte Flair is a heel now? Like, is she actually a heel? No, I think she's a with Ray. Oh, I think I think she's a tweener. Okay. I don't I don't think they know what to do with her. Uh, when when Becky went heel, well, if you want to call it a heel, because she was a heel for about two weeks. Uh, when she went heel, they saw the popularity that Becky got, and they're like, "Well, we can do that with Charlotte, and then that'll put Charlotte on a platform with Becky." It didn't, and now they don't know what to do with her. It kind of fell flat. So, is she a heel? Is she a face? I don't know. But uh, and you said about the robe, the attire looked great. The hair and the makeup was awful. See, see, Charlotte Flair has what I like to call the Lady Gaga effect, to where in one angle, she is a beautiful woman. In other angles, she's a man. She's her dad. Yeah. There are some very strong genes in the Flair family. Like, you can definitely see the resemblance. 
Um, but the thing is, is that she, when she gets really, she is like, she is an athletic individual. I didn't know this. This is something that I found out about. So Alexa Bliss had um, breast augmentation. And I was like, but why? And it's because when women tend to work out significantly, they start to lose a lot of the fat on their body and fatty deposits that happen to be sitting around their body that are in two places um, on their body, which they probably want to keep that curvature. Um, and so like, people will get breast implants. Female athletes will get breast implants because they'll start to lose their breasts. Um, and I think that because she's so athletic... Because, like, I was watching her in the ring tonight, and this was something that was said in the chat. She's way taller than everybody else on the roster, pretty much. They all kind of cower to her a little bit in height. Um, it's... I don't know um, sometimes if if she's so much... Like, she looks so much better than everybody else, and she looks so tall, and she does have that effect. Like, tonight, there was at one point when she her hair was all, like, everywhere. She looked like... I remember thinking, like, why have you spent all the time on the hair and makeup if, at some point, you're going to look like a crazy mess? Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so with, with her coming in, everyone kind of dogpiles on her. The Iconics um, are then kicked out by Lacey Evans. Um, We have Zia Lee fighting Flair. Um, And then a really cool spot. Zia Lee goes for a springboard um, from the apron and Flair kicks a squaw in the face uh, and she just goes straight out eliminated. Um, Zia Lee putting up a really good showing anyway. Um, We then have the Pirate Princess come out, Kyrie Sane. Um, and a really fun bit on commentary where Corey Graves uh, said that you shouldn't run around with a telescope um, because it's really <laughs> dangerous and it's similar to scissors. I thought that was really funny. Um, and then Kyrie Sane and Flair chopped each other. Um, uh, Sarah Logan eliminated by Natty and Kyrie Sane. And then the big surprise of the evening, a big surprise for me anyway, um, was the lesser spotted Maria Canellis in a match in the rumble at number 15 um what what do you think about this chad like because obviously speculation was that she'd been asking for her release and stuff um but here she is in the rumble and she and she was even kind of pushed in the rumble to be honest i mean she went toe-to-toe with charlotte and everything like that and then alicia fox and everything came out i'm sorry to jump ahead but i mean she had multiple spots in this rumble it was nuts. I couldn't I believe know. actually how much Maria Canals was pushed during this rumble. I was kind of excited about it. The power of love maybe still exists in the WWE, but I mean, maybe only for another week or two. I don't know. But I was I enjoyed it. Yeah. Because that in particular, I thought if they why are they pushing her? Because she's spoken on her Instagram about like that will be in like crap and she doesn't want to leave and she's happy where she is and da 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 But like I didn't think that we'd see her in the Rumble in such a prominent role. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, yeah, maybe she's going to come in, go straight out, da-da-da. But no, she was like in there. There was a point, and I've written this in my notes, where when she goes into the ring... um, Where are we? Yeah. When she goes into the ring, Lacey Evans and um, Charlotte Flair are, are squaring off, and she literally screams at them pay attention to me she just shouts in the middle of them and says pay attention to me because they're not and that's how that that's how much they seem to be pushing her um what do you think of Maria Canellis uh Ray what did you think 
think she's a relic of the Divas era. Uh, I think she was there for more of a nostalgia pop, but it could have also been a bribe to to Mike and Maria to stay. Like, hey, we're going to give you this decent spot in the Rumble. Stick around a little while. Uh, but nothing's been confirmed on that, so I don't, I don't know. I'm just spitballing on that one. But um, when it came to her spots, I thought it was, I thought it was a good comedy act, you know? Her and Alicia Fox, that was priceless. Yes. Stomping on the hat and all that. And you know, you you had mentioned Maria's spots, but you know, Alicia Fox had a couple spots in this match too. I was blown away. Oh by how yeah, much- we're coming. I know, no, we're coming to that. But I know, I know. Like um, she is, she is two people in. I'm going to skip through the next few people actually very quickly. Then, so Naomi came in at number sixteen. She goes straight for Mandy Rose, then lands. Uh, so then she does her Kofi spot. And uh, she lands on her hands, scales the barricade, lands on the steel steps, which I thought was, it was pretty crap anyway. But then Mandy Rose just pulled her down to her feet, and sla- which was great heel heat for Mandy Rose as she'd already eliminated her. Um, and then uh, they kind of just brawled a little bit. But what I did like was that it gave continuity to that there's a storyline that was going on, um, how they were both still angry with each other. Um, then we had Lacey Evans eliminated by Charlotte Flair. Candice LeRae turns up at number 17, putting up an amazing showing. Um, Flair power bombs Natty. Then we have Alicia Fox at number 18. And that's when that little team up happens between Alicia Fox and Maria. Um, and then the stomp of the hat. Alicia Fox got some amazing spots in there. Her little tantrum on the floor, like, after Maria tried to run away, um, Maria then being eliminated by... That was a big deal. Alicia Fox eliminating um, Maria, I didn't think it was going to happen, but I didn't think she'd get any eliminations. And I know that I'm going to gloss over it, but give me your... I don't think she has. Alicia Fox? I don't think she has. I don't think she... I don't think she ever has. But this would be a first elimination. Holy was, shit. Or, or holy crap. Uh, she has more eliminations than the yeah. Warlord. Wow. Really? <laughs> um, well, but she's never... But the thing is, is that everybody has more than Drew Carey. But actually, to t- technically, he eliminated himself. So does that count as a, an elimination anyway? It does count as elimination um, because that is does, part of Kane's like old elimination record, which is still kind of bull crap. I won't lie about that. Huh. Uh, yeah, like that's the those stats. I never, I never believe those stats. Those are like flair victory stats. Um, now mm-hmm. I, uh, I, I, yeah, wow. Well, then that next up, the I don't know how to nice. <laughs> I don't know how to say this next lady's name properly, but Casey Catsaro. I've written Catsaro, I guess. American Ninja winner. Um, uh, she did Katsunaro. like she did the cool Casey Catsaro. She did the Katsunaro. amazing Kofi spot in this match. Catsaro. Yeah. She did. She like. She did. She almost eliminated Alicia Fox with a crazy handspring handstand. Like, what the hell was that? Like, that was. She. Um. I am very interested to see what the hell she's got up her sleeve for the next few years because she looked a little bit out of place. Maybe because like people in the chat were saying she looks really, really thin. Like, and yeah, like maybe she could she like just a little break. bit muscle. No, just to, just to put a little beef yeah. on her. I mean, she just looked real toothpicky. Like. 
yeah, I mean, yeah. you did cool things and you're in shape, sure. But there's a thing as, as you know, being in shape and ring shape. And I don't think she was in ring shape. Like, where does do either of you know where she's like where she's shown up? Because I've seen that name before. Is she in NX? Was she in the in the Mae Young Classic? No, uh, was she in the May? No. She might have been in the May Young Classic too. Was she? But she's from American Ninja Warrior. She's right. kind of like a celebrity signing. Okay. She was in the May Young Classic. So it that's was what I was going to say. I'll say because obviously I don't like we know of American Ninja. We know of its existence. We have something similar over here. But like, mm-hmm. is she a really big deal over there? Well, she climbed a fourteen foot wall, so I would say so. She was the first female to ever complete the American Ninja Warrior final test, uh, Mount Fujimori, the American Ninja War- or American but, Ninja version of it. Yeah, it's like a it's like okay. a fourteen foot straight up climb up a wall. You get a running start, and then you try to get to the top and she did it okay all right so oh this but you can see that they seem they seem to have some stock in her her kofi spot was way better than kofi spot and naomi spot put together it seemed a little contrived but go back to uh naomi's spot though did you hear Corey graves line when she was scaling the barricade no no Corey Graves said, you got to watch out for the guy with the red beard. He, I think he's trying to trip her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I was... did hear that. But, like, did, did you see that there was one part of that guardrail she was walking over where she, it, I thought it was going to, like, it was going to be for someone else later to punch into. But she just kind of wobbled a little bit on one bit. And, uh, yeah, that red... Yeah, Graves all evening, yeah. Graves all evening was getting this really weird, smarky looks constantly. Um, uh, we then had uh, Zelina Vega at number 20 coming out in a Vega mask with schnicks. I thought that was pretty sweet. Um, she got straight into Candice LeRae, training blows. Um, we had Ruby Riot at number say, 21. With- I have to, one of my yep. favorite lines of Corey Graves the entire night was going, he's like, I played Street Fighter a thousand times and Vega's never looked that good one time. Because right, I right. love video games, and I laughed really hard when he said that. Yeah, yeah, you know, I thought that was fantastic. Cool. Like, why didn't she take the claw? Why didn't she take the claw to the ring? There's I would too. No I mean, it's totally legal. Um, take the mask too. Yeah. Headbutt yeah. people. <laughs> well, obviously, she decided that she was just going to go hide for most of it, which I like. Uh, I don't know. Like, I I, pick, I picked that we we're probably going to see Hornswoggle. I didn't think we would see. Oh, I'm jumping ahead, but I didn't think we'd see him because isn't he going one on one with Steiner at some point in the future, in the next month or so? So I'm surprised that they booked him to be there. But I, I'm surprised. Pop in itself. Leprechaun get up though. That was that was just odd. Yeah, you haven't. Seen- that, and that get up in a very yeah. long time since uh, Santa gave him the ability to speak. I think it was. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a ri- there's a rich law with Hornswoggle, like very rich law. Um, like uh, Ruby Wright comes out. Oh, so the Riot Squad came out and they all decided to work as a unit. They uh, started. Uh, Sarah Logan and Liv Morgan started pulling people out from underneath the bottom rope, beating them up, throwing them back in. Um, Alicia Fox, uh, so of those people, 
Flair, um, Ruby Riot came in. All three women pull Flair up. So they pull Flair out from under the bottom rope. Uh, Fox and Zelina Vega goes to hide under the ring. Alicia Fox gets rolled back in from over the top. Um, Riot Squad rolls her back in. Ruby eliminates her. Dana Brooks, number 22. Clean house. Riot Squad pull her out, beat her down. Kari Sane flipped head over heels over the top rope. Very yeah, impressive elimination. What a Takamishinoku. Oh man, that was frightening. I, like if she rotated just another couple of, you know, like a couple centimeters, she would have went face first, just like Taka did. What? What? Like almost uh, two thousand? Was it two thousand Rumble or was it two thousand one? Yes, it was. It was the two thousand one because that was. Um... Actually, no, it might be the 2001. But I remember we were talking about this. I talked about this with Josh from Wrestling Reverb. Like, that was shown over and over again because they didn't even go in the once, didn't they? They went in, like, three times. And Lawler's like, oh, he's got a concussion. He's got a concussion. He's going to die. And I'm like, Lawler, come on, man. Like, they actually look pretty injured. Um, We then had Ayo Shirai, the genius of the sky, coming in at number 23. Um, She knocked out the Riot Squad and went for a moonsault onto the Riot Squad because she hasn't entered yet. She got back in the match, eliminated Riot. Um, both women in the, the, um, the match. Yeah, like I, I don't understand the rule of if you because if you go into the ring and you're standing on the top rope, you're now inside the ring. So I don't know. But she never went over I... or under the rope. She went from the apron to the top rope. So she never technically entered the ring. Like this is all very technicalities, legalities, but I'm I'm good. I'm with the WWE on this one. I don't think she ever entered uh, the uh, Rumble before she did her moonsault. Well, funnily enough, they called it an Asai moonsault, so Which was I it? Think that was where they were trying to get. But it, that's what I mean. It wasn't, and that's why I was like, "Are you saying this so that?" Um. So next up. We had, oh, after cleaning house, we had Rhea Ripley come in, and then I've got Zelina Vega is still under the ring, because every now and then she popped her head out and had a little... Uh, Rhea Ripley, I love Rhea Ripley, coming in at 24, cleaning house, um, Casey being eliminated by Dana Brooke at that point, uh, so this is when she does a little spot, um, she gets back in, crossbody to Ripley, and goes for a submission, and Ripley suplexes her out of the ring front face style um she was so impressive in this match um what do you guys think about Rhea Ripley generally uh, uh, I love her with, in, uh, starting uh, with Chad oh sorry okay gotcha good bud oh oh start with Chad. Rhea Ripley I mean the NXT UK division has been amazing I mean before even that just watching her in progress and everything like that this girl just can freaking go I mean her power and everything that she has done has just been fantastic. And her showing in this Rumble was awesome. She was tossing people over. And when she tossed Selena Vega, I was generally worried for Selena Vega's, you know, safety. Because she threw her so well. And that's how you know that she's good at what she's doing. <laughs> okay. Same same question to you then, Ray. Tell me what you think about Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley is just devastating. She just has a look and she applies it. Like... <laughs> No one, no one has a look like Rhea Ripley, and you know, no one really has a, a Smash Mouth style like Rhea Ripley. So she stands out above all the others that were in that Rumble tonight, to me, honestly. And secretly, <clears throat> I was hoping that her and Ruby Riot would get together and just kind of 
you know, throw everybody out. But that's just me fanboying. Yeah. Because, yeah, Rhea Ripley is amazing. And she is the future. And I'm glad they brought her over for this Rumble because then it can showcase to a very large audience that maybe maybe you're not checking out WWE UK, but you will be because Rhea Ripley just showed up and just decimated everybody. It was lovely. I totally Rhea Ripley is is really impressive. I think that she was kind of underserved with her um, NXT UK Women's Championship title run because yeah. nobody really knew about it until after she dropped the title. And I feel like that kind of took away from a bit. And I felt like this was a really nice way to reintroduce people. And as you said, then they can go back and watch those episodes of NXT UK. But by the yeah. time that Evolution had come around, even though it really did feel like a kind of a go check out NXT UK. That's kind of what it was like. Hey, because you know, yeah, we'll get to Pete Dunn later down the line. But it just felt like, hey, we have this whole other NXT. Go check it out. Just felt like a plug. I had this note um, where in the pre-show we had Shawn Michaels, who I like to call the ultimate clothes horse. He was sat there wearing a regular NXT like cap, and then underneath it on his t-shirt, he was wearing an NXT UK t-shirt. And I thought, geez, they really want to get this over. They've literally put him on their chest. Like I know that he does a lot of the work for training and stuff, but um, they were really pushing like the variety of different things that they have out there today. It was like the whole show felt like an ad for the NXT, uh, so for the WWE network um, constantly, uh, even though that's what pay-per-views are now, raised basically. Um, we also had... Uh, We've got Sonya Deville coming in at number 25. Um, and I've got, she came in, back, like stiff kicks to everyone and a spear to Ember Moon. And then she shouted out, that's right, baby. Um, and then Ripley eliminated Dana Brooke. Um, uh, horns, oh, sorry, this is when we get Hornswoggle. So for some reason then, after um, Selena Vega gets scared, um, Hornswoggle pops out and chases Zelina Vega around the ring. She runs back into the ring and Rhea Ripley eliminates her. Um, why did Zelina Vega have to do this? Does anybody know? Was was there a reason here? Like, is this felt like a punishment? Over? No, it's felt like a punishment at yeah. this point. Like, why? I I don't understand. I I, I get a comedy spot. Comedy is always fun every once in a while, but why was it Zelina? Like, Andrade and her have been killing it lately, so why was she forced to be the one to do this spot? I, I, I honestly felt like a punishment. It didn't feel yeah, like anything besides that. Especially with Zelina, you know, one of the reasons uh, she wanted to be taken seriously. This is not her being taken seriously. You know what I mean? You know, she's already like four foot two. I mean, she's Hornswoggle's height and everything, but uh, just she wants to be taken seriously. And I just don't think that was the way to do it. Hiding underneath the ring, get in the ring, show your show your stuff, you know, show the world what you can do. Don't hide under the ring for a comedy spot that lowers that lowers your value to me. So that whole spot was just pointless. I hated it. Move on. See, I would have enjoyed it. The worst part of Oh, sorry. I was going to say... Oh, no, 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 no. Go on, go If she would have hit under the ring and it would have gone, she would have got down to, like, the final four if it wasn't built for a comedy spot because I love a heel hiding under the ring. I love that kind of thing. That... That is true, because then she's smarter than the rest. She is playing the game better than the rest of them. For her being chased around by a leprechaun, 
just makes her look stupid. Yep. That's where exactly where I thought they were going with it. I didn't think that we were even... I thought we'd see Hornswoggle at some point in the evening because, you know, I thought in the men's. And, like, when I saw the, her under the ring, I thought exactly... I was like, ah, smarter than the average bear. She's going to hang out underneath there until it becomes, like, the last four or the last three, and then she'll slip in there. She may get eliminated, but she lasted till the past... And she can then walk out and say, I lasted till... Instead, yeah, comedy spot for absolutely no reason to then be thrown to Rhea Ripley to she didn't get a chance to do anything in that match other than run under the ring and every now and then pop her head out um uh I've got then um a number 26 uh Alexa Bliss came in um and I put Alexa Bliss looking absolutely goddamn amazing in that match um just she i felt like she hadn't she was out there to prove a point um and she totally did um she hit sonia deville with some hard body shots and then she eliminated sonia deville um we then have so we're coming up to the last few um bailey at number 27 um she came in did some sweet sweet bailey to bailey suplexes um, a lot of straight shots <clears throat> Ruby Riot hung up by Bailey on the top rope, and then she eliminates her. Um, she eliminates Ripley, and then we get a Bailey chant. Um, this is where obviously the match changes. Lana at number twenty-eight comes out, selling that ankle injury from earlier with the bandage, taking as long as Taker takes to walk down to the ring. Um, <laughs> she can't get there. People start people start chanting. For, yeah, yeah. People start chanting for Becky. Um, then we have number twenty-nine, Nia Jax. Um, who comes down and starts beating on Lana, um, who then Io Shirai gets caught by Jax and throws her out. She looks natty. natty. After all of this time being in from number 22, attempts to do a Samoan drop on Nia Jax. Nia Jax obviously looked like she sandbagged her or something there because Natty was holding her for a very brief second and then dropped her. Whose fault was this? Was this Nia's fault or was this Natty's fault? Um, let's start with Ray. Oh, it, I mean, it could have been the exhaustion. I mean, she was in there for a good long while, and that's a lot of weight to pick up. So it could have been exhaustion, mm. but it could have also been Nia being Nia, no selling everything. You know, at least she didn't botch it and break her spine. Yeah, yeah. I, I put at this point, the note I've got is that she's lasted from this point. She's been in this match almost an hour. So it's like balls to try and do it to begin with. Um, she wasn't the first one that tried to do this and the last one in the evening. But um, and she was the first, but not the last. That's, that makes more sense. Um, and then I've got um, Naya anim- eliminates Natty um, straight away. So Nat and Talia's out. We then get our number 30, the dance break aficionado, Carmella, who, yeah, I totally agree with you guys, like about her being most, like about him being very improved. Um, and we get, she gets in a little bit as Nia Jax takes her down. Um, that's at that point when, as everyone kind of assumed, Becky Lynch comes out and starts to just say, I need to be in this match and starts giving Fit Finley a bit of jip, constant jip, until Finley says, cool, go in. Um, she goes in, crowd become unglued, go absolutely crazy. Um, she goes straight after Nia Jax. Uh, Charlotte tries to eliminate Becky. Nia tries. Um, and and what do we have? Bliss then tries to take Ember Moon over with her. I've got treading blows on the treading blows on the apron. Ember holds one hand. This was Ember Moon and Alexa Bliss fighting on the outside. Um, Bliss is eliminated by Bailey and Carmella. 
Blair Bait breaks up Nia and Becky. Carmella to the top rope. Uh, let me see. We're going to get in. We had Carmella at this point had four eliminate. Uh, sorry, Flair had four eliminations after eliminating Carmella. Um, Bailey eliminated by Flair. So the last three we had were Jax, Becky Lynch, and Charlotte Flair. Um, now at this point, these being your last three people left in this match. Um, were you were you happy at this point, or do you feel like your pick had left the match by this point? Um, let's start with uh, my pick was Ruby Riot to begin with. Uh, she was already eliminated, so I was already bummed out at this point. Uh, but I was happy when Becky came back. I kind of saw it coming though. Once Lana came out hobbling, <clears throat> I was like, "Oh, mm. Becky's going to come in and take this." Sure. You know, I mean, Billy Gunn did it. He did it with a bad foot back in, what, 99? Was it 99? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was 99. He had a bad foot, and he hobbled his ass all the way down to the ring and competed. So, you know, maybe she's not on Billy Gunn's level. But, uh, yeah, I- I'm glad Becky won. Wow. Overall, yeah. Okay. And say, same to you, Chad. So these are your. So these are the three people, and I spoke about the rumble earlier. These are the three people that basically the WWE are saying we think these are our three top top girls right now. These are the future. This is what we're going to pin our hopes and dreams on for the storylines for the next six months. Well, three months moving up to WrestleMania. Do you think that Nax? Sorry, Nax. Do you think that Jax even deserves to be in this top three? Uh, it's it's really rough to say she does. I I do have to say though, the whole hashtag or, or the hashtag facebreaker gimmick did really get over. She gets just booed out of stadiums. And you know, everyone yeah. always says any reaction can't be a good reaction, but any reaction is a good reaction. And if she's getting booed out of stadiums with her hashtag facebreaker status, then you know what? And it did create this great thing where we're going to have a whole new storyline now because Ronda and Becky didn't happen back way back when, when it was supposed to at Survivor Series. So now we have a whole new storyline. So we can hate her as much as we want, but she does belong there with Charlotte and Becky because she's the reason we kind of have what's going on right now in a weird, convulted way. So so you're saying that, that she kind of her way to the top. She punched her way to the top. Exactly. Yeah, she botched her way to the top. Botch, punch, whatever. You know, it. it you know, it all it happens for everyone in a different way. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've got in the chat. We've got Michael Payneheart. He wanted to see Alexa in the final three with Charlotte and Becky. Kind of worries that he doesn't want to see her get forgotten. What do you see as Alexa's role on the women's card moving forward? That's actually a very good question. What do you see as Alexa's role on the mo- women's card? moving forward this year let's start with ray uh i think they're still a little weary because she's still coming back from a concussion i I don't think they're gonna activate her full time um i see her having a wrestlemania match no doubt uh but a match every week on raw i don't think so i think they'll still kind of limit her and give her those moments of bliss because that seems to be pretty popular segment so i think they'll keep her at that keep her part-time uh keep the workload off or maybe do some tag matches uh maybe with the riot squad or you know just try to try to savor as much as you can okay now um same same to you then chad where, where do you see alexa bliss in the next year moving forward this year after not winning this royal rumble match 
See, I see her recruiting someone to win the women's tag team championships because Alexa Bliss was great in the mixed match challenges with Braun Strowman and everything like that as kind of the uh, non-muscle person. And I could see her recruiting someone like, once again, Nia Jax or Tamina. I know she's already been friends with Nia Jax, but someone like that where she is, you know, not doing a lot in the actual matches, just you know, kind of being the coach, but they're champions and they kind of run rough shot and then she can still do her moments of bliss, but as the women's tag team champion. I, I mean, I'd like, I, I could see, yeah, like, so the tag team, I, I could see quite easily her and it's a shame that she's not maybe fully ready yet, but her and Lacey Evans, that could be a really interesting dynamic because you could have Alexa Blitz, Lacey Evans saying that she's she is that. I don't know how easy it would work, but you could see them both learning from each other, um, especially because Alexa Bliss is a vet now. We all forget that she's pretty much solidified in her like status of being an amazing wrestler. Like Obviously, she's still got bits to learn, but she's got the fundamentals down. Um, and... I I would say in the next year, Alexa Bliss would probably be in a bit of a dual role. I, I could see her recruiting someone. I could see her recruiting... I, I would have expected her to have recruited someone from NXT, kind of like what happened with Absolution. Like, just, like, swooping up a bunch of female wrestlers and being like, you're mine now. Like, you're my ring of bliss or something along those lines. Um, and then, anyway, after that, those three left... Um, Nia, Nia Jax um, is eliminated um, at, by Flair and Lynch um, and Nia Jax decides that she is just going to beat on Becky Lynch beats the hell out of her, Becky Lynch totally destroyed, can't so, can't continue any longer, her knee is busted, like bust so she can't walk but she fights back up to her feet, we have Cole say she needs to go to a medical facility and Becky Lynch I can go, fight me um, and then Flair works on the injured knee of Lynch. Uh, Flair's in control, puts a beating on Lynch. We have a really sweet-looking Enziguri from Lynch. Um, Flair goes over the top rope onto the apron. Becky Lynch wins the Rumble as a one-legged woman in an ass-kicking contest. Um, like, obviously, we kind of knew that Becky was going to be in this Rumble, but with all of it happening, like, was it the finish that we needed to see? And let's start with Ray. Mm, from a, from a fan perspective, yeah, I could see it. If you're a big, you know, Becky Lynch fan, I could see huge pops all over the place. Yeah, um, I don't, I don't, just don't want to see Charlotte. Charlotte's been Mrs. WrestleMania for so long. I think it's just time for a change. And I think Becky, the man, is that change. I, that's just how I feel. I mean, I'm happy she won the Rumble. And anybody but Nia. Hashtag anybody but Nia. She's not like most girls. No, um, <laughs> I, 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 uh, that has become such an in joke in my show for some reason. Like, uh, yeah, um, Chad, like for me, I wanted Charlotte. I don't, I don't see all the Charlotte hate yet. I wanted Charlotte to win this because I felt that it would be, it would be good for maybe her and Becky to fight over the title of winner of Rumble for the next month or so. Um, but I, I like. Do, do you, 
do you like the fact that Becky Lynch was given like super babyface like odds to overcome through the whole of this like she's had a ridiculous match at the beginning of the night she's then had to fight her way into the rumble then she's met a, like a ghost from the past and then that ghost has tried to destroy her again and you know like do you think that this this is her stone cold rumble win moment like uh, that's really that's where it is she's stone cold now i mean i i was tweeting about it earlier like she's even taking on stone cold's move she's stomping mud holes in people she's got the loose as press i mean she is going full on stone cold like i fully expect her to adopt the stone cold stunner into the irish last stunner within the next month in the you know shortest amount of time but i do love it i i honestly love it even her merchandise she just has the man Black yep. shirt, white letters. Yep. Yeah. I mean, yeah. honestly, we just need like a skull with some red fiery hair and she can just be the female stone cold and we're good. And I'm good with that. I have no problems with it because honestly, she's the most stone cold person that I have seen since stone cold. Like no other male superstar has ever made me go, is that stone cold out there besides Becky Lynch? So Becky Lynch is the new stone cold and I love everything about it. She deserved everything from this Rumble. I thought she was going to win the title to begin with, like against Asuka. But since she did it, no, she deserved it. The Rumble all the way. And I'm not even the biggest Becky Lynch fan, but she deserves everything she's getting right now. But what you also have to yeah. remember is, I, I, uh, you know, how are we going to get to Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey if she if she wins the SmackDown Women's Championship? Now she has she can pick the champion of her choosing. You know, she's going to pick Rousey. And then, you know, Charlotte will be on SmackDown, and then it'll be a rematch with Charlotte and Asuka from last year, except the roles will be reversed. Asuka will be champion. Flair will be the challenger. So it, it all works out in the end. It does. And, but in my world, yeah. uh, Becky would have won the championship, and then Ronda uh, would have also lost her championship, would have entered the Rumble, won the Rumble, and then it would have been a triple threat for the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship between the three of them as the main event. But that's just in my world. In, in my know. world, Becky Lynch beats Brock Lesnar for the universal title. But that's just me. I'm, I'm also okay with that. <laughs> yes. That, that's Well, that will take us to actually the men's rumble, which like we're going to go there, get there in a second, because the next two matches were very, very brief. And I don't think anybody is ever going to remember these matches, which is really sad. But the next match was Daniel for the WWE Championship, Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles um, in an actually a really good match. It's just a shame that it happened the second after the whole crowd like had lost their collective minds about Becky Lynch winning the Royal Rumble. Um, and it started with AJ Styles having a broken nose as well. Yeah, that got busted it, pretty early in the match that too. Yeah, um, and any match that went on beforehand, sorry, after that match, was going to have some trouble. I'm surprised that, and I'm really, really surprised, we didn't get some random segment for something. We didn't get some stupid, like, you know, like an Eli, someone. I'm surprised that that wasn't, like, The Rock turn, you know, because there was speculation of The Rock being backstage. I'm surprised that they didn't just throw The Rock out there and just start talking about they're fighting with my family or even showing something they decided to actually try and have a match after that when they knew that you've just had an hour and a half of 
a, a rumble, people are gonna probably go to the. I had to go to the toilet directly after the rumble. Like I was like, you're gonna be there for at that point almost. Uh, what my hours here? You'd have been there for four hours just of pre-show and stuff. You're not mm-hmm. sticking around. Um, but AJ has a broken nose off the ring post. Um, Eric Rowan returns uh, and just stands there. Brian enziguries and takes out the ref. Rowan comes in and choke slams Styles while the ref is out. Um, what what did you guys think of the match? Just as a match, like obviously we had a return as well. Um, is this the right way? To, thinking of the match and the finish, is this the right way to be going? And let's start with Chad. Okay, so earlier you referenced how you loved uh, Ziggle Piggle Pudding Pants, or Dolph Ziggler as you like to call him, way back when he was with AJ Lee and uh, Biggie Langston. And I see something good for Rowan teaming with Daniel Bryan as his Greenpeace warrior here in this situation. The match itself was good. It was a slow build, which was not the best decision after literally the crowd was literally out of their seats and flipping out over Becky Lynch's victory. So, like, the whole crowd was just drained completely. Then you just slow build to a match. The match was good. I kind of like the finish. I know that others don't, but I like that Eric Rowan is now teaming with Daniel Bryan. So that's what I'm going to take away from it. I'm glad Daniel Bryan's still champ, and I'm glad he now has an enforcer again. And I think it could be it for Eric Rowan. Um... I'm, I'm going to ask a slightly different version of that question to you, right? Um, do you, like, now that I I saw very similar shades when I was watching that to Punk um, initially recruiting um, Luke Gallows to the Straight yeah, Edge Society. Um, I, the exact same way. Yep. And, that, and that's what I was, I was watching. And the, the question was, is I've been watching Brian now. He's been doing a really, really good version of the CM Punk. I'm better than you because I'm straight edge gimmick, but as a vegan. And do you think that he does it better than Punk? Uh, I don't think anybody uh, anybody does anything better than Punk, but that's just me being the fanboy that I am. Uh, I think it yeah, can Yeah, but work. that's what I'm saying. As a fanboy... Uh, yeah, uh, well, as like, a fanboy, no, not better than Punk. Straight Edge Society was ahead of its time, and it, and it's sad that it's taken them this long to to pick up the pieces of something along that storyline again, like to find that character that can make this like almost like a cult. Yeah, the Wyatt family was kind of like a cult, but it was kind of like an inbred family cult. You know what I mean? So not really the same. This is kind of a you know real world issue kind of thing. So he can generate real heat from it, it's the same way that the the Straight Edge Society did. Yeah, I mean, if if you look at it as well, the Straight Edge Society used um, used the, like the trappings of religion as and you know faith as a way to kind of show a mirror to what people were doing. This is very similar because a lot of people would say that veganism um, and those kind of um, specific lifestyle choices are now as good as a religion. So all you're doing is again you're taking a mirror to that society and you're saying that I don't like. And it could get really, really, really good. This can get really, really tasty. Pun totally intended. Mm-hmm. With uh, with all the weird stuff that because Eric Rowan could literally, they, you could do the whole Luke Gallows thing and just say, "Well, I stopped eating meat 
and it's meat that was making me one of the bludgeon you know like you could do the whole deal with it and um i'm really excited to see where it goes i'm really excited um and uh with the finish obviously brian retains after shenanigans um relatively good match just a shame of where it was on the card um we then had the universal championship brock lesnar um, versus finn balor uh really good match with a very interesting finish um what did you guys think uh starting with ray what, what did you think like obviously with the finish let's just say the finish first of all brock won so what 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 did you think of this match i think that it was cool that they brought back the whole uh the reason he had to retire from usc was uh, i can't remember the medical term but with his stomach you know they diverticulitis oh very good was that in your notes no, 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 no. I remembered that. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Um, back into the mix. No, no, and, no, right. and they incorporated it into the match. And, you know, that was Finn Balor's opening. And you really had hope for a second because Brock couldn't lift him up. And they gave, they dangled the carrot in front of your face. And they knew that you were going to bite for it. And then they just yanked it away at the last second. And Brock became superhuman Brock and did Brock things. And. I was heartbroken, and I've never taken an angrier piss in my life. <laughs> That's basically exactly um, how I feel about it as well. Like, honestly, like, they, they got me good. I can't believe how good the WWE got me, and I hate it when they do this to me. Because I we should be smarter. I should know that Finn Balor wasn't going to win, but... They got me. They got me good. I was really in. I was like, oh, Finn Balor is going to get this win. He's going to win right here. And then, yeah, Brock did his Brock things. And we all got mad. Brock we did our poke. things. Mm. Yeah. Like, yeah. At it, least I, 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 I did. When they give me hope like that. Like, really. Like, even like at Survivor Series with Daniel Bryan versus Brock Lesnar, they gave me that hope. And then they yanked it away at the last second. I'm like, is anybody going to beat this asshole? Really? I mean, I'm just tired of seeing yeah. him Hulk smash through everybody. There's no credible um, talent that can go up against the Brock Lesnar at this point, at least not marquee talent. He didn't even use the F5 this time he won, for God's sakes. Oh, I know. He yeah. beat him with a damn he won with bro. a Kimura luck. Yeah. It's like, like, yeah. like this is ridiculous. With, he beat John Cena with that at, uh, oh, what was it? Uh, Extreme rules way back when. Yeah, extreme rules, yeah. Extreme like rules. Yeah, but wasn't that Kimura lock on the top of steel steps and yeah. when yes, John Cena's so... bloodied up anyway? Oh, I'm just so like, tired uh, of just Brock win. I mean, I really I am. I really, really am as well. Like, I don't, I don't know why. I, like, the thing every time that you have someone go up against him and he loses then all you've done is taken away a potential challenger to Lesnar. The only person that I feel was legitimately a threat is is Strowman, and it still is only Strowman. But they keep messing up Strowman on the side. So once the time he gets to him, it's like, ah, it's that guy. It's the guy who moves the porta potty. Like, it's the guy who flips over limos when he gets a little bit unhappy. Like, he's too one-dimensional now. Like, they've lost their chance to have him just take the title and walk off and be badass. Now he's Broad Strowman. Like, uh, It just blows yeah. my mind. So, uh, the belt on Lesnar. There's so much talent on the Raw roster. I just don't get why it has to be Brock. There are plenty of talents on that roster that can draw 
house shows that can draw pay-per-views and network subscriptions. I'm telling you, it doesn't have to be Brock, Suplex, City, Lesnar. It doesn't have to be. I just don't understand WWE. I'd love, I'd love to know. I would love to know how many people, like, because, you know, they send out surveys all the time. How many people oh. respond to their surveys with, I watch to see Lesnar? Because uh, um, maybe maybe four or five years ago, there would have been some fans. At this point, yeah, they like Lesnar yeah. is just so overdone. It's we're like, and, and he can still create moments. Like, don't get me wrong, but like whoever actually takes the title off Brock is going to be a big deal. Like whoever they finally let do it, who is it? Roman Reigns, unless they make it Roman Reigns again when he comes back. But whoever does it, it'll be a really big deal. But will it be by that point? That's what I mean. I don't feel like it will even matter because, like, it, it, the t- no one it, the type no one knows about this title. When you think about the lineage of this title, it's a really good lineage, but it's a very small yeah. lineage because the person also four the people that held on to it. For, yeah, and they briefly, so briefly, own that title that nobody really knows. I saw something very interesting when Lesnar was ent- was um, introduced. He's got his like um, his t- Titantron up, and on the back of the Titantron, like it's got his logo and stuff, and it said WWE World Heavyweight Champion. And I thought, why is that on his Titantron? Why is that actually on his Titantron? He doesn't even have the the right name of the title on his own Titantron. That's how much <laughs> they care about that championship. That's how much they care about him being champion. Like it's, they they obviously know that externally people are going to say, "But what the hell's the universal championship?" Okay, let's just make let's call it whatever we want. Like there wasn't even the company don't care about the title enough to give it like the right correct name. I I, I don't. They like, don't even want it in their own. It program. will be co. Yeah, like they don't. Lesnar cares about it so I was gonna I didn't get a chance to check this out tonight but Lesnar cares about that title so much that he doesn't even bring it when he comes to the show anymore like it's literally just a prop for him he just thinks oh well they'll have a co- they'll have one at the show won't they I don't need to bring that with me he gets paid he a ridiculous a- amount of money to turn up and do nothing yeah. oh, anyway that match I've put in that Brock drops an F-bomb because like, I love what he does as well because uh, it just went silent for a second and I thought, oh, he must have sworn. Like, Lesnar gets me into... I really believe when I see Lesnar. When someone does take him down, you're right. Like, If someone does take it, the title off him now, they're going to have to hold that title for a short while because if it becomes a hot potato again, it's going to mean nothing as well. So... Um, I'm really I think angry whoever has to Baladin take it take off of him has to do it. Like, they have to really be a champion. I hope it's Kevin. I hope it's Kevin Owens. He comes back. Well, I just, think it was going to be Roman, but, you know... The, it was supposed the to be thing. Roman, but at this point, we can't do that. Right. No, I think, well, it, I think it would have been Roman, and it would have been him holding it from all the way through to, say, a Survivor Series situation. And that's what would have happened. And he would have held it for a a certain amount, a significant amount of time. But now, you know, and I had people in the chat saying, oh, well, Roman's going to be here tonight. And I was like, no, he's not. 
No, he's no. not. Don't lie to yourself. He's not going to be here. He's not well enough to be here. Yes, there may be photos of him out and about with people at, like, he's not out having a good time. He's out there recovering from a serious uh, serious condition. A serious condition, like, he might look all right, but he's not going to go out there and start taking bumps for the sake of it. Like, no. No, I, I, I don't. I, and that's the only person that it seems in people's minds can take the title off him is is Roman. And Roman's not going to be around for a while. They need to start building again. And tonight was an opportunity to build, and they didn't do it. They didn't take the chance. They're still this will wait. I mean, Finn got um, beat on attack I'm, like a random thing. Finn won that match yeah, and then got beat with did. a Kimura lock. You're caught. You're caught. It's a bit weird. Yeah. Yeah, I, I... But after the amount of, like, it seems as if the Brock Lesnar matches are, if it's someone that you feel like can beat them, like it happened with Brian as well, they come in and they really, like, just attack him and attack him and attack him and attack him. And then it's almost like a Cena recovery. And it's just like... Oh, well, he's back. Oh, well, you've pissed him off. Like, oh, you've stuck your thumb up his bum hole. Like, you know, the whole situation, yeah? Like, I don't... I don't understand. And when when Heyman comes out and he says, that's not a prediction, that's a spoiler, every time he says it, I'm like, yeah, well, this time, though, you're lying, Heyman. But he's not, is he? Every single time, he's being legitimate. He's just walking out there saying, you all know he's going to win. Yeah, I, I'm just telling you he's going to win. Like, I'm telling you in advance, so you're not going to be surprised later. But he is going to win. Ah, uh, the match itself was was all right. Um, and as, as as you said, Ray, like the way that the storyline of you know the diverticulitis being used and like just the way it kind of it fell the beast in it. Um, I don't know. Like I, I'm still, I'm still not happy with him being champion because he doesn't care. He doesn't care. Um, I don't know how much of that is story storyline and how much of that is Vince putting on the perception that he doesn't care. But we so still your universal champion. Uh, <sighs> anyway, uh, yeah. So. Um, Let's. I'm going to speed through this rumble. So first up in the rumble at number one um, and number two, we had Elias and uh, Mr. J E double F J A Jeff I'm. I'm surprised you didn't get Road Dog out there. Actually, that would have been amazing. That would have been absolutely fantastic. I was waiting for it. We could have had. Yeah, if we could have, we could have had Elias and and Jeff Jarrett and Road Dog in the ring at the same time, we could have just you know we could have ended this year on the best segment of all time. But hockey um, yeah, talk, uh, um, I'd love to, but I think Lawler would probably be unhappy about that. And but you, actually, but if you Brett watch, um, we could rhythm them in blues. That's true. Actually, if you guys watch the um, the uh, Edge of Christians show that totally reeks of awesomeness, they actually do have a se- uh, they have a segment where they try to make Elias the honky tonk man. It's it's actually quite funny because um, he is he is. I think he's fantastic. Yeah. But um, I'm gonna I'm gonna zip through these. So first of all, actually, a lot of people were saying that Jeff was gonna turn up this year. Um, 
what, what do you think? What like did you like? I I like him being there. Like my my major question was how many people in that audience are old enough to know who Jeff Jarrett is? Did they watch the Hall of Fame this year? Then they might know. Okay. <sighs> yeah, but. I don't watch the Hall of Fame. And I, I, once again, I'm a big wrestling fan. I catch the highlights on YouTube and I will fast forward through things. And I knew who Jeff Jarrett was, but I feel like most people have a very short attention span. So I think that I think it's really funny to say slap nuts, but I feel like most people don't know what yeah. I'm talking about right there. Yeah, uh, I know straight away. Having Jeff, it's, it's very almost, neat. He's a. It, it was a very good nostalgia pop. I, I enjoyed it, you know, because I grew up watching Jeff Jarrett, you know, so it was fun. Why not throw it in? I mean, it's anything's better than Bushwhacker Luke. I mean, come on now. <laughs> yes. Um, we then had um, Elias uh, about to do a duet with Jeff Jarrett. Gives him a gives him the guitar shot. Very surprised. Gives him the guitar shot. Um, I guess a passing of the torch. Like I thought that was quite fun. That's I, I, I mean, that segment was quite fun actually. Um, Elias eliminates him, and we get number three Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, Elias does a really impressive old school walk the whole top rope um, from one side to the other. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, we then had Kurt Angle come in, um, throwing Germans all over the place. Uh, Big E comes in at number five with an angle slam of, um, to oh, Big E quick, from Kurt Angle. On uh, Elias, was he a heel or was he a face in this rumble? I couldn't tell. He's smashing guitars on poor old Jeff Jarrett, and then he's talking crap to everybody. I, I don't know. Is he a heel or a face in this rumble? What is he? There are no more heels that, and faces in the WWE. That... They just all do what they do. You are not telling me that oh, Kayfabe okay. is dead. How dare you, sir? <laughs> no, it's on. Lo- it's it's on life support. It's on life support. It's on life support. We've got we've got a ginger-haired Raven trying to bring it back, but she can only do she, that. Man can only do what she can do. Um, I mean, it's <laughs> I I I um. It's it's a very strange situation sometimes when someone like an Elias who can play the tweener because yeah that was a heel move to hit Jeff Jarrett if Jeff Jarrett had come out and started like getting on the crowd if that was the honky tonk man then yes you could hit him with the guitar and people will cheer but if it's Jarrett like that's why it felt a bit weird I don't know um, we also had um, Nakamura takes Angle off the apron and eliminates him. Um, and Johnny Gargano's first appearance in a rumble. Um, we had Gargano eliminating Jinder Mahal. That's pretty big. Um, Singh Brothers no. attacked. Wow. And... Hmm? Why did the, why did the NXT champions never bring their titles with them? Like like when Kevin Owens you know debuted against John Cena, he didn't bring his NXT title that first go around. Johnny Gargano's North American champion, he didn't bring his title. Why did they never bring their titles with them? See, that, that I've always kind of wondered because it's the perfect time to kind of say, kind of say like, this person's a champion and, you know, like, this is where they've come from and stuff. During the night, Shinsuke Nakamura obviously winning the United States Championship, he didn't bring his title out. He didn't bring his title out with him. And people were saying this in my chat, like, why is he there? He has a title. And I think that's well, the whole point. Like, if you... 
not just the Rumble, though. Like, like I said, with Kevin Owens, his first match against John Cena, he didn't bring his title with him. See, I understand I the Rumble. Part of that he brought it to him on Raw I think, when he first accepted the U.S. Championship because he stood on the U.S. Championship when he held the NXT title up. So he had it then. Mm, yeah, that is true. I, th- I think, I think, but I think part of it is initially when NXT was filmed, they they filmed it. They didn't. They just filmed like blocks of matches and then kind of sliced them into a show. So I wonder if back then it was like, well, we don't want someone walking out on stage having maybe we want to take the title off them or it might have even been a Vince thing might have just been a Vince thing where like he wanted to keep them separate and he didn't yeah and he he didn't even recognize it so on commentary because in the ring in the ring like the crowd will see why has that guy got a title why is he coming here but on commentary you can say yeah yeah, he's the former NXT champion the few people in the crowd that maybe know that will go oh did you know that Da, 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 da. But it is a very strange thing with the NXT championships um, of all of them because they they are legitimately good championships and it's it's I've never really I've never really thought about them not because even when Pete Dunne just came into this match he wasn't he wouldn't come in with the NXT United Kingdom Championship did he they spoke no, of no. it they said. They said, "Yeah, he's got it, and he's held it." But especially someone of his, like of him, of his kind of holding the title for so long, I would have expected him to walk down and then do the ah spot and everything, because mm-hmm. that's like his deal. But yeah, it's 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 really weird that. Oh, maybe it's just to maybe maybe not. I don't know. Actually, I don't know. I don't know. If anybody anybody out there has got any better ideas of that, like let us know because it's a very strange thing to happen, isn't it? Especially when there's so much intricacy put into NXT storylines. Um, next up, we had um, uh, Singh Brothers attacked by R. So this is that thing that you were talking about, Ray, about Elias, was he face, was he heel? So the Singh brothers are attacked by Elias and Sonil has to eat underpant cakes from Big E for some reason. And Elias yeah. and him... Uh, they were in there for a couple of minutes. I'm just thinking At about that. At least a couple um, of minutes. Yeah, they oh, threw him in there. They just bounced yep. them around. Yeah. Um, Samoa... Samoa Joe and at number 8 Joe's first rumble um, he eliminates Big E Kurt Hawkins comes in at number 9 and then this is where I started hating the men's rumble so Kurt Hawkins comes in at number 9 he um, he runs out of the ring <coughs> and through the ropes um, he's being put to sleep by Joe and he manages to again go under the ropes and then he goes under the ring to hide um after Titus, so after Seth Rollins comes in at number ten, Titus O'Neil comes in and does attempted. He does the oh, I didn't glide under the ring this time, but because Hawkins is under there, he decides that he's going to chase after him. I don't know why. Um, and he chases like him that, out from under the ring. Both men. I like. I. Like, especially because we all knew that he wasn't going to slide under there, but Titus Titus uh, eliminates... Oh, yeah, Hawkins then eliminates Titus when they run back into the ring. Um, and then Joe eliminates Hawkins, and we get Kofi Kingston. 
I'm at number 12, fighting with um, Joe. Then my pick for the Rumble came out, Mustafa Ali. Um, he goes straight after Joe. Um, he does this really cool thing where he does the Kianan to Nakamura, yeah. um, which was quite fun, I thought. Um, Dean Ambrose comes in at number 14. Uh, Kofi... Sorry? No, oh, Nakamura and uh, Ali. I think they can have really good... I think they can have a nice feud for that U.S. championship. That's my pick for the next U.S. championship feud as well. So, you're a smart man, Ray. Thank you. That's 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 a really that, oh, that's that's really that's a really good idea, guys. Actually, um, I'd love to see that. I'd love to see that. Um, and uh, Dean Ambrose at number fourteen. Um, Kofi Kingston does his Kofi spot where he springs a he spins. He does two spots in this. He spins along the. It looked terrible. It looked so lazy. Um, he spins across the apron onto the steel steps. It did. Like it looked doesn't so really do anything. Didn't it? And then um, I'm pretty sure both he, of his feet hit down a, happened anyways. Yeah, like the ah, uh, it looked really, it just looked really sloppy and weird. Um, and then uh, he went onto the steel steps of the DDT. He gave a, a DDT off a springboard. Uh, Johnny Gargano was then eliminated by Dean Ambrose. Out comes oh. No Way Jose. Yes, boo. Yes, boo. Why did we waste a spot with No Way Jose? Like, can anyone <laughs> I, tell I, me? Can anyone tell me why we did that? Yeah, they intentionally try to break. Uh... Who owns the record now? It's it's not Warlord anymore. It's uh, Santino Morella. I think uh, they're trying to break that yes, zero point yes, three yes. second record. No, I thought uh, someone broke it last year. Uh, how is that possible? Because it was two seconds. It was uh, even shorter. Because uh, they always so try to break it, that record for the shortest gonna, ever elimination. Because Michael Cole said, said you need to check the record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But nobody ever. Back it's so home. stupid, though. We don't know. Somebody get your stopwatch out. <laughs> exactly. Get your WWE version of your stopwatch because it gets 90, min- 90 seconds different every single time. Now, um, eliminated. Uh, no way, Jose is eliminated by Joe immediately. And then the conga line just goes, eh, it's fine. They turn around and start walking back. At this point, I was like, who's going to come out and destroy the war? We have Drew McIntyre at number 16. He um, he gives a Glasgow kiss to No Way Jose. He's a bit like, hey, everything's fine. Then he starts to throw around the conga line, um, goes into the ring. Uh, Xavier Woods at number 17. Um, Woods. Then this is another one of those, I don't know what was happening. Like, I didn't even realize that Kofi was outside the ring again. But apparently he was. And... Uh, Xavier Woods goes over and yeah, I call it. I've called it weird. I've called it a reveal of a reverse wheelbarrow. Like, was it? Like, I mean, I what? Why? Like, I, I, I have no idea why that happened. Yes, you know what? Human centipede is probably a better way to describe that. Like, and not just that, but there was when he got him on his back. Kofi started like, like, like going, yeah, yeah. I was like, no one even understands what's happening now. You got into anyway, anyway. Stupid spots this week. Um, they were both Drew, then right yeah, Drew. That, in one second, yeah, yeah. 
I've got that yet. Drew Drew McIntyre then eliminates both of the New Day coming in. Um, number 18, out comes Pete Dunne. Um, and he looked amazing in this match. He goes straight to work on Ali, Joe, called McIntyre. That, I call I call I call Pete Dunne. Yeah. The only one I didn't get was KO. Yeah. I didn't get Kevin Owens. Yeah, I'm really surprised we didn't see um Kevin Owens or Sami Zayn. Um but I don't feel like we missed out on not seeing them. I think it's good we didn't see them there because when they do come back it's going to be so much more impressive. Um we had a uh, uh, Andrade coming in at or simply Andra. And number 19 and um um yeah, Almas and Dunn started fighting, um, which looked really, really cool. I put Almas. Why have I put Almas here? <laughs> um, Apollo then comes out at number 20. Um, Apollo Crews, who Michael Cole tries to big up on commentary, but we all know that he's a lost cause now. So he comes out as a little smile, dances around. Um, Ale- then Alistair Black came out at 21. Really big call oh, for Alistair good. Black, actually. Uh, yeah, and I, I thought that he looked freaking awesome in this match. Uh, Black Master Ambrose, and Ambrose goes dead straight over the top rope, eliminates him. We had sh- uh, the best friend of Mia Yim, Shelton Benjamin, come out at number 22. Um, Benjamin does some Benjamin spots. He skins the cat. He does a very impressive step-up knee to Joe. Um, Ali eliminates Joe. And that was Ali- awesome. Joe looked like he was going to murder everyone. I kind of hoped that he would, but instead, um, Ali got the, I like to call it, and it is, it was the Maven spot. It was the, yep. oh my oh. God. <laughs> that 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 match. I got to eliminate was, you. It was great. Yeah, but that's why I expected Joe to come straight back in and just kill him and just be like, I don't care that I'm eliminated. You're not allowed to do this to me. But um, he didn't. He kind of left quite quite calmly. Um, we then had at number 23, Baron Corbin. Um, Apollo Crews then being eliminated by Corbin. Uh, Jeff Hardy in at number 24. Big pop for Jeff Hardy. Um, and as he comes into the ring, I've put, he was deleting all the way. Um Corbin then Corbin then eliminates Alistair Black, which was very interesting way to maybe start a feud up. Um, and McIntyre then eliminates Pete Dunne. Um, Rey Mysterio comes in at number twenty-five. Corbin with um, a pretty sweet-looking backbreaker to Rey. Um, Bobby Lashley in at twenty-six, coming to the ring with Leo Rush. Um, Lashley straight out gets doesn't even get a chance to get in really so he pulls Rollins from under the ropes um, and Leo Rush clears the announce table Lashley puts him through the table so Rollins going to have a little break um, Braun then comes in at number 27 he eliminates Corbin eliminates Benjamin Drew eliminates Jeff Hardy Ziggler comes in at 28 um, and super kicks McIntyre eliminates him number 29 Orton um, with a really impressive Tower of Doom from Braun Strowman, Rey Mysterio, Andrade, Cien Almas, and Mustafa Ali. Braun goes through the ropes into the bring post and goes out. Then we get my favorite, the number 30 spot. Um, R Truth comes out, starts doing getting rowdy, um, and Nia Jax turns up and uh, injures another wrestler, this time intentionally, and um, starts 
and just hits and just takes his spot. <laughs> just takes takes R Truth's spot. As she comes after, into this rep after, match, after, this, after she takes his spot, somebody needs to fire Fit Finley for allowing this to happen twice in one night. You know, Katie also, yeah, yeah, where, yeah, where were all of those guys when our truth got knocked out? Because when it happened to Lana, they were there pretty damn fast, but they just left him. They just left him to burn. Like I thought that was really harsh. Yeah, Fit Finley, terrible working in the back. Like he just he just let stuff go. He's the Mills. Is it Mills Lane? He's the Mills Lane. I'll allow it. Um, now. <laughs> Like so, I've got beat, I've got I've got in my notes. Beat him up, and Nia Jax takes his spot. Comes in and starts cleaning house. She does a stare out with Ali. She uh, she headbutts him, and then Samoan dropped to Ali, taking him over the top rope and eliminating him. Um, Orton Just... and Jax. Um, yeah, Orton and Jax then stare at each other and Orton looks like he's about to do something but kind of stops himself. I thought that was really awesome though because Orton being notorious for like RKOing women in the old days, I thought that that was quite fun. Um, he goes for the RKO but gets taken down with a shoulder tackle. Nia Jax then catches Ray while he's kind of says, do this 619 and catches him. Um, a super, that, that's it. That's when the guys decide, screw it, we're going to start beating her up. So it's super kick from Ziggler and a 619 from Rey Mysterio RKO to Nia Jax Ray and Orton then take her over the top rope but she lands on the apron somehow so then Ray comes in with a baseball slide and eliminates her looking a little bit unhappy about the situation turns around eats an RKO um, and gets eliminated by Orton um, see, um, Andrade eliminates Ray um, Ziggler so we are down to our final four Dolph Ziggler Andrade Cien Almas Braun and Rollins are waiting outside. Um, Braun turns back up, knocks them both out. We have Rollins on the outside, looking like he's waking up, um, and he brings Braun. Uh, bring, Braun brings him back in. Everyone starts ganging up on Braun. Braun um, runs and oh, throws Andrade out. Ziggler is knocked out of the ring. Braun holds on to a super kick. Oh, oh, Braun. Braun holds on and a super kick to Braun from Rollins. Oh, okay. <laughs> Um, choke slam to Rollins from the apron. Um, Braun looking strong as hell in this. Braun gets hit into the Not ring really. post and then super kicked. Firm stomp onto the apron. Elimination. Your winner, Seth Rollins, wins the Rumble. Um, called it. Yeah. Oh, yeah right, all like, I called it. I knew Seth Rollins had to win. <laughs> Seth Rollins had to win. Yeah. But... With Seth Rollins winning, my question is, who is champ? Who, which champion does he pick, and who is champion when he goes there? So my one, I'm saying that, and like it feels like a foregone conclusion, but I think that he will challenge for the sorry for the Universal Championship, and I hope that by Elimination Chamber, there's Elimination of Chamber Fastlane, there's like, what, three pay-per-views for WrestleMania, that someone takes the title off Brock. I don't know who that is. Yeah, I'm not sure they're yet. they're not going to beat Brock. They'll take the title off him, but they won't but someone, beat Brock. Ex- exactly. Someone, and that's why I said, someone takes the title off Brock. Don't know who that is yet. Um, someone, an authority figure, I feel, will take that off them. And then that match at WrestleMania will be for a vacant championship. 
because it has to be now. Um, but no, they want they want Seth Rollins versus Brock Lesnar. It has to be Seth Rollins versus Brock Lesnar in WrestleMania. That was the best WrestleMania we had many years ago when Seth Rollins cashed in his you know Money in the Bank and Game of Triple Threat. Seth Rollins yeah. versus Brock Lesnar puts butts in the seats, sells tickets. And will be a great match because Brock Lesnar respects Seth Rollins just like he did Finn Balor, and he'll sell for him. And it will be a great match. So it will be Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins for the Universal title at WrestleMania this year with Seth Rollins now curb stomping his way to becoming the new Roman Reigns. Okay. I'm not comfortable with that. So... No, that's what I was going to say. You tell me. I I, I want to know what you what you want to happen now because obviously Seth Rollins has won, so that's that's done now. So with that in mind, where's he going? Who's he facing? And yeah, just let me know, Ray. What what's going on with that? In my fantasy booking mind, I'd like to see Seth go to SmackDown. I need him to get the hell off of Raw and get away from Dean Ambrose. Get away from Bobby Lashley. Go start fresh. Go after Daniel Bryan. I think they could have a killer match. Uh, also, another marquee match. I mean, you got Daniel Bryan, Seth Rollins. That's main event right there. Would uh, love that. Right. And, you yeah. know, they would put on a clinic. And But Seth versus Brock is just another Finn Balor situation to me. It just it's that whole underdog thing. I'm tired of underdogs. I want to even match up with Brock. And it's not and it's not Braun. Uh, honestly, when Joe, when Samoa Joe faced Brock Lesnar, oh, I had all the hopes in the world that Joe was going to take that title. But then I got that carrot dangled in my face and then yanked away again. So any credible wrestler that they put up against Brock Lesnar, they dangle the carrot, then they yank it every single time. I should be used to it. I shouldn't even get hope. I should just abandon all hope. Ye who enter here. (laughs) Ye you enter the Universal Championship picture, abandon all hope. Uh, yep. I, sounds I about right. That's that's like a dungeon that we've all entered, and we've all accepted it, but we just don't listen. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, I, 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 I get so annoyed with the fact that we know, and you're right, Ray, we know every single time that we go into a Universal Championship match. Like, ooh, there's a chance that they can, oh, there's a chance. And for about two minutes of every single, there's that chance. And then you get the character, and then yeah, every time, and I don't know why we don't learn. Why we don't learn. And every time it's like, but the thing is, is what seems to happen is there's like justification through like logic. It's like, yeah, but if he still had the title, that's stupid. And then dot, 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 dot. And then he keeps the title. And then you're like, yeah, well, okay, I guess. But he can't keep it past next month. Like, I remember there was all this speculation when he was about to beat Punk's record. And it was like all these people that were like, well, they wouldn't do that to him. Okay, well, he could probably defend at Extreme Rules, which will happen. And there was like, there was math being involved with when Brock could lose logically within the storyline. And I was like, he's just not going to lose because logic doesn't come into this. This isn't a long-term booking. This is just keep the title on Brock for as long as possible because people know who he is until Roman's ready to take it. And unfortunately, he was never ready to take it properly anyway. Um... But, uh, yeah, overall then, overall, for the whole show, um, 
what do you guys think? Let's start with let's start with Ray. Give me your general rating of the show and if you guys have got moments of flair ready we will do that before we leave but um give me your general of the whole show out of five out of five out of five i'd give it a good four i'd say it was really a pretty solid pay-per-view i mean i mean it's no great balls of fire but i mean you know it did its job uh back card decent matches Uh, i play with my emotions i like that um you know the whole brock and uh uh finn balor you know dangling that carrot <laughs> play with me every time and to go back on that i don't think it's that we want the title off of brock because brock's a good athlete brock's a shitty champ or a crappy champion but i think we just want change so much that we will believe well, we will believe in the carrot being dangled in front of our face we go for the bait every time so yeah uh, i got my emotions toyed with uh my picks didn't win the Rumbles, either or, Ruby Riot or Andrade. Uh, but uh-huh. got Aleister Black. I got Johnny Gargano. Oh, jeez. Um, solid good Asuka, uh, Asuka, Becky Lynch match. Becky wins the Rumble. Yeah, four. I'm sticking with four. It was a overall great Rumble. Oh, great pay-per-view. Okay. I okay. would I would tend uh, to What agree. about you, Chad? Yeah, I, I didn't mean to jump the gun, but I would tend to agree because... Oh. Yes, I had so much fun with this pay-per-view. Like, there was so many weird and wacky things that happened. You know, it wasn't the most technically sound pay-per-view by any means, but I had a great time. I enjoyed watching it, and I knew Seth Rollins was going to win the Rumble. I was happy for that. And all the other matches, they made sense to me. So I would also give it a really solid four out of five. Like, that's where it goes. The I took po- I took points for extended time. <laughs> I, I I would definitely say four as well, like because there was so much there was so much good in this pay per view. Um, it didn't it didn't drag. Like I felt like there would have been points where it did, and even in the in the men's rumble when it got to a point where I was like, oh, this is going to be nothing like the women's. They pulled that Nia Jax thing on us. Like, because they knew, like, booking a rumble is so hard. And especially when you have two of them happening and you always know that the women are going to want to put on a better show than the men. So it was it was a really good show, really well booked. And I loved the continuity from beginning to end. I loved that you could watch the show and things made sense within the show. Um to a point and see so yeah um i'm now going to take us to i don't know how many of you guys um how many of you got ready for this but we have a segment called moments of flair where we go through face palm moments of the evening and stuff so have you guys got some ready oh i got i picked that a few face palm moments okay yeah so sorry they're called moments of flair let me take you into the segment and you'll see what i mean so these are things yeah. of the evening with Oh, I'll just I'll, give me an example. Let me take it. Oh, sorry. An example. An example for tonight, for example. Oh, sorry. I'll give you an example from last night. So last night um, at NXT Takeover, my moment of flair was um, Matt Riddle um, having his toes chewed on by Cassius Ono. <laughs> so uh, it's that. 
that's what we're looking at. Um, and I will take us in. So it's going to be 10 seconds. You guys will have a mute for a second and then you will hear. We're going to the segment Moments of Flair. Una memento, folks. So yeah, um, welcome, welcome back to Moments of Flair here on the show. Um, so I have a few, I have a few, and obviously as the guest today, um, uh, I figured that we'd give the guest first crack. So what we do in this segment, the way I've been working in the roundtable is somebody pops one out, so, oh, not, well, that's not really a moment of flair, uh, but somebody gives us a moment of flair and then we discuss it. So my one for today the initial one was um, the like the first segment, the Mandy Rose thing. It being a moment of flair because it's attempt. It was an attempt at like a really, really bad attempt at softcore porn and uh, or just slight titillation, and uh, it didn't work. And it came across as weird. So, uh, what did, what did you guys think of that segment? Like, I don't understand what the segment was supposed to be. So. Um, I don't think like, anybody do writing agree it with is this? supposed to be. Like, is, is it just because Mandy Rose is inherently very attractive? And so, like, we're just looking for it. We're just like, well, she must be. Like, I am... I, I, um, I was very confused. I think that that's what I was coming across from there. Very confused. But, um... Not the best example from this night because there were so many more. So, Chad, give give me one of your moments of flair for this evening. My uh, biggest moment of flair tonight from tonight is the definitely the uh, kip up from wonderful Mrs. Lacey Evans because I've never <laughs> seen a better imitation of a worm in my life. Because you go for the kip up and then you just do the kind of flop. And she looked really good doing it. So that was so, like, just, you know, she really took that moment. And she made it so flairful that I can't even describe it to anyone who hadn't seen it. Like, it was just so impressive of how much she screwed up with her moment of flair. Yeah, yeah. I, I have to agree with it. Like, Ray, have you, uh, have you got any that you'd like to throw into the ring at the moment? Oh, I would. Uh, actually, I have two. Uh, one, one would be everybody trying to be Takamishinoku in the in the uh, Rumbles tonight. Everybody's trying to face plants. I mean, that's that's a cool tribute to twenty years ago. And my second would be the uh, Becky Lynch nip slip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd I'd agree with that. Like um, the the Takamishinoku thing. I didn't really think of that before, but you're right. So many people were like trying to go head over heels with it. It's like that is, you know, when Kane used to leave the ring, Kane and Taker, and they did that thing where they like it was like they were all trying to do that, but they were all yeah. failing miserably. Um, and 
yeah like other than that i think tonight there wasn't much on the show that i've put in my notes which i would even say it was a really solid show as you both have said uh said i i don't think the only other thing that i saw was just a few like it was the moment of flair of the evening was it was sloppy like just generally a lot of the match was matches were sloppy I don't know why they especially, were. Especially the really pre-show with uh, Gable and Rude and uh, uh, Dawson and uh, it was Scott Dawson and uh, one of the AOP. That that was just, what Razor. was that? That was God. Yeah, was it Razor? Okay. Not Toka? It wasn't Toka and Razor from Ninja Turtles? <laughs> it was, nope, uh, it wasn't. It wasn't <laughs> uh, those ones. But we did miss one other that you could say would have been a uh, flare, oh. or, uh, moment of flair when Mickey James missed the Mick kick and they just did it again during the uh, Women's Rumble when she was trying to knock. Oh, I can't remember who she was trying to knock off the apron, but she just completely missed the first time that she just did it oh, again. Actually, like on what I've got on the network on at the moment, so it's showing this stupid thing, Naomi. Naomi, yeah, moment of flair. What a stupid spot, yeah. What absolute waste of a spot. I'm watching it right now again. It's on TV. Like, so stupid. But my moment of flair from that actual, from the um, from the rumble, the women's rumble was, there was a point in the match when um, there was a superplex, Natalia superplexed Charlotte off the top rope. And... They, the camera went somewhere else. They totally missed a really, really painful spot. You could see after the point. They missed it. They totally missed it. Like, they were off doing something else. I don't even know what was going on, but that's another moment of flair of the evening. Um, and I'm just watching Mandy Rose beat up on Naomi. Um, but big props to Lady Jeff Ref, uh, Lady Ref Jess as well. I don't know if you know her. You know the the female referee that's in NXT. Oh, NXT, um, yeah, man. I think yeah, she took a bump tonight. Yeah, yeah. Like I, at Takeover, she took a bump. And like here, yeah. I think this is the first time that she's been involved on the main roster in the in 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 some kind of capacity. Props to her. Props to her. Did a good job out there. Um, Major prop. Yeah. So that. Yeah, she'll never be. No, so, she'll never be. A, um, she'll never be Nick Patrick taking a bump, though. That boy took a bump. Yeah, but that boy was NWO for life, so you know he knew. Um, I, uh, I am. Um, I'm very. Uh, thank you very much. It's been a really good chat. Um, I really enjoyed it. I hope that you guys have as well. Um, you are you're welcome back whenever you want um sorry that it got a little bit uh like i don't know obviously omega luke's come it looks like danny and mike uh, just had technical issues so they're out but i got the cream of the crap the cream of the crap here so, um, what i'm seeing yeah dig it. exactly cream of the crap always rises to the top so um thank you very much for joining um i am gonna now give you guys uh, 30 seconds to chill your wares and you can start chad go ahead chill your wares my friend chill your wares well of course i am chad of you from the top rope you can check out our wonderful podcast each and every thursday on the visionaries wrestling network along with all the other wonderful podcasts we distribute. We talk about everything from wrestling to Marvel to comic books to anything else. We just take your fan questions. So hit me up on Face or on Twitter at ViewFromTopRope with your question, and we'll talk about whatever you want. So now someone else can show their wares. 
I'm still gonna mention this health chat. Jeez, cheese chat. Like I didn't. If after everything that we've gone through so far, I didn't think you'd have a prepared speech like that. But that's amazing. Um, next up, I did not have a prepared speech. I want you to know that was off the top of my head right there. Boom. I know it was. Like, it was very goal. impressive. Boom. Nice. Nailed it. Now next up, eight um, bit Ray. Give us chill your wares. Chill your wares. I am 8-Bit Ray, and I am from the Gorilla Brain Podcast, and we drop episodes usually about every Monday or Tuesday, depending on my time schedule. Um, Yeah, we're also available uh, on the Pulse uh, Pulse Podcast Network, and we actually have our own app now, which you can go and download now on the Google Play Store, or you can get it through iOS or uh, iTunes. Uh, It's 50 Plus Podcast, and we are forever growing. so yeah you can catch us there you can catch us on instagram twitter you know all those social media outlets i'm not good at plugs (laughs) but that's about it (laughs) Uh, if you ever ever listen to my podcast um, you would hear the closing minutes like what what is he rambling about (laughs) get your point across man Uh, it's fine. As I said, you have 30 seconds to show your wares. If your wares happen to be that you can't show your wares, that's shilling enough for me. That's fine. Um, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Seriously, though. thank you both for both of you. Uh, you've been very good sports. And um, I've linked them in the description. So in the description, I have a link to the Gorilla Brain uh, podcast um, on their podki- uh, Sorry, on their Pulse podcast network link. Um, we also have links to the View from the Top Ropes YouTube channel. Um, go and check them out and give them some support on there. Obviously, they're available in podcast formats as well. Um, and yeah, we're going to be doing some more of these um, for every single one of the pay-per-views as long as I can remain sane enough to do them. Um, and I, I've been really, really fortunate to have really, really good content creators come on. Um, we're on episode three of this goddamn train wreck, and uh, we've got more of these to come. So uh, I will be back on Twitter now all the time anyway. I have to sleep because it is 8.01 a.m. in the morning, and I've been doing this show since 9.30 p.m. last night. So I'm going to get ready to sleep. 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 But the grind grind is real. Oh, I have. I have. There's loads of them out there with me sleeping in the stream. It used to be the joke. I know. I've heard about it. I honestly thought I was coming on here to carry the show because you were going to take a nap. Um, the, the thing is, yeah, is when you drink this much coffee and then you start to, like, now I feel like, I feel it. I'm looking outside. There's sunlight outside. Oh, crap. Um, I'm going to sleep now, but thank you very much for joining us here for the Foul Original Show. Um, we have watched Royal... I don't know I'm doing this voice now. We've watched Royal Rumble. Um, it was good-ish. Uh, I'll be doing a... We'll be having wrestling with motivation happen when I wake up in the morning on Instagram. Um, And that's it. Thank you for the music, the songs I'm singing. Thanks for all the wrestling I'm ringing. Who can live without it? I ask in all honesty, what would life be without NXT? Um, This has been Final Original. Thanks for watching. See you next time. Um, And we are out. We are freaking out. Um, you guys down the line, and I will just uh, touch base with you before I leave. Bye bye, everybody. How do I get to switch this off now? Where are my pants? <laughs>
Thanks for listening to the show. And if you'd like to hear more, then feel free to follow me here on the podcast ways. Also, you can check me out on youtube.com slash foul original wrestling for the weekly wrestling recap, which happens every Wednesday and Sunday live on YouTube, 8 p.m. GMT. This has been a foul original podcast. Thanks for listening. Hear you next time.